Hey everyone, this is Connor. Before we get started, I just want to encourage you to check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash podsidepicnic. If you become a patron, you'll get access to multiple exclusive episodes every month. And you can also join our patrons-only Discord chat, where Pete and I talk informally with the Podside Picnic community. So if you like the show, go ahead and check us out at patreon.com slash podsidepicnic. Thanks. Welcome, everyone, to Podside Picnic. This is, of course, Carlo. And today we have a little bit of a treat for you. Uh, We have, of course, Kurt with us. Hello, Kurt. Hello there. And uh, joining us for this episode, our uh, actually our tombstone episode, where we're going to be discussing Val Kilmer's uh, performance. Oh, dude, as, I'm fucking there, man, dude. Yeah, I can let's stop do it. and do that right now. Doc Holliday. <laughs> I, I didn't even need. I don't even need to rewatch the movie beforehand. I could do because that because I, I mean, I, I don't know if the quote uh, you know stands right because it, I am drinking uh, in vino in bourbon veritas. Um, but yes, we're joined by Maddie. Uh, given given that uh, Maddie does not have a little bit of Maker's Mark uh, in her Earl Grey, I'm going to be taking that roll over. Good deal. <laughs> yeah. No. Today it's it's just water. I had a. It was called a porn star martini actually earlier today. <laughs> um, it was very good, but uh, I don't need that many alcoholic beverages in in a single day. Uh, I'm you know I'm 31. I'm starting to. Starting to get dep- decrepit here. Oh my god! Watch out! <laughs> <laughs> the crypt yeah. keeper is, is, you know, starting to happen. Yeah, I'm hitting uh, the wall, as the incels would say. Oh shit! Uh, you know, many given given the the, the time period, and and also uh, happy April Fool's Day to everyone out there. We we are not going to be discussing it, Tombstone. <laughs> if only it's actually my cat's birthday today. She's five. Aww. Oh yay! Happy birthday. Wait, what's your well, cat's she, name? She's, uh, her name's Izzy. Uh, Izzy Happy right? birthday, Izzy. Izzy is wearing a tuxedo already for the celebration. <laughs> it's true. Uh, we will be, however, uh, discussing the Nebula short fiction ballot for this. Actually, it's 2022, uh, even though we're in 2023. Okay. But uh, what I was going to, what I interrupted. Uh, my own joke to to announce all that, uh, Maddie. You know, given that you were already at brunch, I would have figured you would have gone for you know a dark and stormy. No, Hey-o. it wasn't actually. It wasn't brunch, so uh, you know. But it is what it is. Uh, you know, I, I really feel like I'm the April Fool, honestly. With uh, with with this episode. What we've uh, what we've prepared, I feel like the April Fool. Bobo, the April Fool. <laughs> yeah, so uh, we will be discussing. Uh, let me see here. I, I actually did some some work this time around. Uh, Destiny delayed by Ogunichove, Donald Kepeki. Uh, Give me English by Ai Jiang. Uh, Rabbit test by Samantha Mills. Duen by Susan Palumbo, returning champ. Uh, Dick Pig by Ian Muneshwar and DIY by none other than also returning champ, John Wiswell. So uh, 
I don't know. Do do we want to just go in that same order? Yeah, let's do it. Sure. It's fine. Sure. I'm into <laughs> that. that. That, that <laughs> yeah, this the is big, right like people who are about to die salute you energy from me. I'm just saying. They're 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 whichever the thumb goes, it's going it's going in the bad direction for I me mean, right now. I have to say, like I felt like um I felt like overall a lot of these stories were better written than they have been. In the past, like like I the things that I'm going to complain about, I think are better on like a line by line prose level, but a lot of them just didn't like do it for me. Like they had good ideas, mm-hmm. and it just didn't. This there was something something wasn't there. So it's like it's it's a struggle for me because I neither have the passion of being excited about a lot of them, nor do I have the passion of being angry about a lot of them. I'm just kind of like, <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, you you're gonna be the okay, the, the, it's, the, it's, ali- but- the alien the alien from the neutral zone in uh, Futurama. <laughs> <laughs> we can all agree that being fine is worse than being bad, yes, though, right? It is, yes, yes. Well, especially for podcast content. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Tell I'm glad we're in agreement. Being fine is worse than being bad. Yes, yes, it is. Yes, yes, yes. I agree. I agree because bad. At least there's something there. Uh, I think to to Kurt's point, I think it's it, being bad is that the passion is there. Uh, it, it the passion, however, um, you know, sort of uh, it is is beyond the skill level, right? And that's usually the case. Like, I mean, we we did read the Eye of Argon, and we had a blast doing yes. it. Yes, uh, because there is like some passion there, um, and and there's lots to enjoy about it. Uh, but but yeah, I, I think that just sort of like fine, it, it's 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 like the 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 joke, right? Why isn't it ever just whelmed? Yes. <laughs> yeah, you don't yeah. want to be just whelmed. It's you're going to be over or under if you're just whelmed. Isn't yeah. really a thing. It's it's a a, a non. Uh, it's, it's like a it's non like the, feeling. Yeah, that's like it, the baseline, right? Yeah, it's, well, you know, like, it's like mm. it's like how they call the D the gentleman's F, but really the C is the bastard's B. Also, <laughs> <laughs> I'm so confused, Kurt. <laughs> Understand either, but I'll. It, it sounded funny, so I no, laughed. No, no, no. Yes. I, 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 I got it. It's just sort of like, wait, what? Uh, there's well, maybe, too many. Maybe, maybe the C is the bastard's F because, like, it's it's better, but it's not better enough to make a difference. Mm, fair enough. Fair enough. We're still all. Um, mm, we're still saying, oh, you know, so so much promise, but you know, they just need to apply themselves. It's 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 the it's the equivalent of your teacher uh, coming up to you, sort of like putting a, a reassuring. <laughs> Hand on your shoulder going, you've got such potential. It's most improved, uh, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, wow. Okay. So, so uh, let's, let's, I, I think that um, I, I generally agree with your, your assessment about the ideas are interesting uh, especially uh, in the first two that we're going to be discussing. Yes. Uh, yes. Very much the, so. Agreed. Yeah, but but however, <laughs> I don't know that the 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 premises is the premises I suppose uh, were completely sort of fleshed out or or I don't know. Anyway, let's get into Destiny Delayed. Um, 
by William Chauvet, John Lech Pecky, and I'm sorry, Maddie, I think I could No, the one thing I did want to say complimentary to this one is I think that um, Pecky has, like, kind of stepped up with his prose. I thought this was better than O2 Arena, like, written, like how it was written. Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I was very pleased by that. It's always a a delight to see a writer uh, measurably improve in their prose because... You see so many who just are like, yeah, I got my 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 pat on the back, and uh, now I'm not what? going to improve. So it's always really, yeah, it's always really good to see someone step their game up. <laughs> they're, they're, you you could you could say that the the people that don't step their game up just are you know mm-hmm. uh, receive they receive the Scalzi Award, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, I. I felt the same way, Maddie. It's like it's a good so like the overall concept is basically literalizing the idea of like mortgaging your your children's futures. So there's there's like this uh, department or kind of quasi governmental. Uh, I, I actually v- very much like the student loan industry. It seems like where it's it's privatized, but it's privatized kind of on behalf and with the understanding of the government. Um. And so people go and either either basically mortgage their own futures by basically making themselves probabilistically less likely to succeed and just have kind of less drive and less interest and just kind of worsen themselves by a bit in in exchange for a loan, essentially. So their their ability to achieve their future is the collateral on their loan. And it kind of follows two characters, one of whom. Um, I'm totally blanking on on his name, uh, Chinedu, um, who goes to work for this company as basically like like a loan salesman uh, essentially, and uh, Mr. Makuro, I believe, is the other um, who who is like a researcher, research who's who's been doing research on the technology that they use to kind of take people's futures and and store them. Um, and, and he needs extra funds to continue his, his research. Um, and I think there's also, um, I think this, I think this is also kind of like a, like a post-climate disaster, I think also comes up or am I imagining that? Is that from a different story? I don't remember. I mean, you might be right. I, I, I'm not, I, I also am not remembering that though. I thought there would I, I I could I I just I just like mainlined all six of these so I could be confusing <laughs> it with a different story but I thought there was also something that was like the rest of the world like th- this is this is only a thing in Nigeria um and like the rest of the world has like its own like a doesn't give a shit about Nigeria and also like has their own has their own you know stuff going on and so they're just kind of like ignoring it was was my understanding um mm. and I I really liked this 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 concept um like i thought it was a good i thought it was a good concept uh i kind of like the we, we were just we, we were just talking uh i think right before we started uh about sorry to bother you and there were there were dynamics of it at times that reminded me of that of kind of like like the emphasis on like oh well like being the salesman for this kind of like 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 evil thing um my 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 big criticisms were one i felt like the characters weren't very um, distinguished from one another, especially well, and there just didn't feel like there was there was a lot there. It, it didn't feel like there was enough there in terms of like the characters being conflicted or 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 like they they were conflicted, but it kind of felt like they would just say that that they were conflicted. It didn't feel like there was enough internality. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other thing was I wanted to see that kind of like sales process to me was the thing that I felt like would have been interesting. Um, and instead it's kind of like s- skipped over. So that. Yeah, I would so- tend to agree. I think this story um, actually would have benefited from being longer. Like I feel like it, yeah, it could yeah. have easily been an, uh, been a novelette, maybe even like a shorter novella with the, cause the premise really like it goes like in, I liked the premise a lot. I feel like I would have liked it to see it explored a little more in depth. And I think I would have liked to actually see how, how it actually like affected more characters even. Um, Mm -hmm. So I think uh, I, I liked the concept a lot. I think that the writing has definitely leveled up from other writing that I've read by this author. So uh, mad kudos to him, but I, I did I liked it, but I think I, I wanted more out of it. I, I think, it, it, you know, and that's like not, not the worst complaint to have out of story. It's like, uh, I liked it enough to want more. Like, that's good. Yeah. And I, I, I especially felt like the time jumps were very ill, ill-timed. I, I, ironically, like, like they would happen right as I was like, no, I want to see, like, especially the, the first one where it, it skips ahead by, uh, what is it like three years or something? Three years and eight months. And I was like, I'm, well, I'm I looking wanted, at it right now. Well, I I wanted those three. Like that was the thing I was interested in. Was was like uh, Chinedu working at the like working at the company, and instead, like I, I was really let down where it kind of just jumps over the part where he becomes like disillusioned with his job. And I was like, wait, but that's that's what I wanted to read. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Well, I mean, I, I think that it's it's this instinct to get to the to the actiony parts, ah, yeah, you know, like the more you know, the more con- conflict parts, and and it's something that I I go back and forth on, right? Because sometimes sometimes it's just not interesting. Uh, I do think, to your point, Kurt, I do think that this would have been interesting because it would have built the character up instead of just being like. Uh, I feel like both of the characters are, are set up to be like uh, almost like uh I don't know like like almost symbols instead of like actual characters. Mm-hmm. You know like Mukuro is the you know the sly banker and she you know or, or I'm sorry Mukuro is the 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 researcher I'm sorry the researcher, it's yeah. the other way around. Um so so Mukuro is the 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 sort of like you know uh sad sack researcher who just can't you know he just needs a little bit more money and a little bit more time and you know Chinero is the sly mm-hmm. banker that's ma- moving up the ranks you know. Oh that's that's the other thing. I'm glad that you mentioned that. F- f- finish your thought. I'm sorry for interrupting. I needed to say it to remind myself. <laughs> no, it's all good. Uh, I, I I just feel like the – I think it's just – an. I'm just expanding on your initial point that the characterization doesn't feel – I don't know. They they. It feels very much like – you know, they're, they're not fully fleshed out as characters. They're, they're mm-hmm. more sort of like fitting a role, like the, the, they needed to fit these roles because the premise is this. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and that, you know, there's nothing wrong with that necessarily, but if you do it well, it, it, it can really mm-hmm. work. I don't know that it completely works here though. I, I think it should have stuck. So I, I think. I think that of the two, I think Chinedu was was a much had much more potential to be an interesting character because it it, it doesn't quite it doesn't it, to me anyway it didn't really come across whether he was supposed to be like, like a bastard or like like does he know that he's like you know selling something that's disastrous to people later on he kind of says that he does that that he knows this 
But I think that it should have started with him kind of like like as it does where he's excited about this opportunity. It's a, it's a lot of money. It's, you know, v- very much like in I'm sorry to bother you. Um, where mm-hmm. it's like, you know, it starts off as this this big opportunity. And I think it should have, first of all, I think making his first sale, uh, Makuto, was was a mistake. Um, I, I think that it should have gone through a couple other sales of him getting comfortable, like, yeah, I'm good at this. And then somebody he knows comes to him and goes through this and then have him get a little bit conflicted, but still want the money, you know, and so on and so forth. And and, and I think it should have stuck with him for, for the entire story. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, because I, I felt like, Makoto just didn't have much to him as a character, even though, because like, even though, even though like he has kids that he's trying to like do right by, it just, it it didn't feel like he stopped to consider what seems like a very bad yes, plan yes. and, and just kind of charges ahead. And I think that Shinedu seemed like the sort of character who would charge ahead. And w- when Makoto was just like, oh, well, it's fine. I was like, that, this, this doesn't read plausible to me and maybe that's just like like a me problem but it felt like it either i i I don't know and i i feel like if it had focused on shinedu that that wouldn't have been as big of of an issue because makoto just would have kind of been like off screen more you know Mm -hmm. and like appearing in the story as as needed so that well and and i think here's my spicy hot take researcher characters are almost always boring indeed Mm-hmm. Unless unless they're like fucking twisted in some way. Yeah, unless they're, they're like, like real sickos or like the yes. situation at hand is like like area X annihilation, but like the average sci-fi story researcher character is like never as interesting as like the other kinds of characters in the story. Yes. Well, I, the I, the I, exception I think- is something like um uh what's his name from the uh from that that H.P. Lovecraft adaptation movie with uh, the Resonator. Oh, you mean um, uh, shit? We Whatever just, that from movie beyond, is. From Beyond. From Beyond. Yes, yes, yes. But yeah, the, uh, unless unless it's like a weirdo, especially like a sex weirdo, then I love researching characters. <laughs> well, I, I I also think that um, in general the research like here uh, the researcher character is sort of like the like he's supposed to be the protagonist. Uh, or, or we're supposed to root for him and, you know, like try to, and, and, and sort of feel sorry for him. But, uh, you know, like he, he doesn't really, he, he seems to be a symbol of a researcher rather than like delving into, okay, so what, what do you need to do research mm-hmm. in this environment? Do you already need to sort of sell out a little bit? And that sort of corrupts you a little bit yes, you know, towards, yes, towards exactly. other things, right? Where, where you're, you're taking money from like a corporate interest and they want you to sort of just jiggle the numbers a little bit to, to make it seem like they're the thing that's the best thing or mm-hmm. you know, that, that type of thing, which is, which is a real world concern, right? These are, these are ethical considerations. Um, I don't think, as it stands, even then, like, uh, you know, like, uh, Mukoro comes across, like, even, like, not very positively either, because he's already sort of lining up his wife to have another another kid, <laughs> and you're like, what? You just sort of, like, are giving up on this kid? Because... Yeah. He- and he's even like, well, I can't mortgage my own future because I need to be smart to do my research. And I was like, damn, dude. <laughs> All right. <laughs> like, like uh, I would have liked m- either less or more of that attitude if mm-hmm. he had a yeah, lot yeah. more and was like, fuck them kids. <laughs> fuck them kids. 
I need or, to build or, my resonator. <laughs> or it's, I think that that's the other thing, right? Because I feel like we get this, um, in a lot of these types of stories where you're, we're supposed to see a divide, uh, we don't ever see someone who is a true believer, right? Mm-hmm. We always, we always end up with these characters who already know what the right side is. And, you know, it's, it feels very sort of, um, smug. Yeah. Like the characters come across as smug because they already know what side is the right side. Um, or, or, you know, or then you get like these, you know, diametrically opposed characters who's like, ah, um, the capitalist with a capital C and I'm the researcher with the capital R yeah. and I'm supposed to be the good guy. And you're like, but are you though? It's also, it's also, this is not the only story where, where people are researching something that is better than the thing that everyone else has. And they're like, people just need to believe in us and, and they don't, but then they do. And the thing works and, and, and everything kind of works out. It works out less in this one. But, um, but, but I just, that, that just doesn't resonate with me. Like, Either I, I I don't know. There needs to be some something more there than saying I'm going to do the thing and then you do the thing. Because I I think to your point, Kurt. Like if if we'd gotten more from either one of the characters, right, Chinedu or or uh, Mukara, uh, you know, them being true believers would definitely you know like really bake into the, the 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 story like conflict, right? Because they're both pulling in in different directions. Um, the, the, you know, and then the, the destiny, uh, what is it? The destiny machine or whatever they call it, um, would then become much more sort of like Mm -hmm. dramatic and important, I feel. And, and and to that point, the superhero kind of bent that it sort of takes at the end didn't, didn't really work for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's never going to work for me, basically. (laughs) Yeah. Let's be honest. (laughs) The, the, The only time it worked was, um. What was that one uh, with uh, the dr- dr- drinking the god blood? With, oh, the, the- uh, uh, cup and table, I believe yes, it was. By yes, Pratt. cup and table. That worked for me. That one worked for me. And I haven't read it that one. It, 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 it was a separate episode that, that we did, and it was kind of like a, like a holy grail thing with weird mutants. It was cool because of the god stuff. But yes, yes, I, I agree, Maddie. The superheroes just, I just, and, and I know they're not superheroes, but the, vi- the, the description the vibe the, is the, very, it, superhero. very, very superhero. Yes. Yeah. And it's it, especially like when it got into describing like the colors coming off. I'm like, I don't, I don't care. I don't care. Don't, <laughs> uh, don't, don't no, tell me what I, color that, the that fireball is. That felt a little is. particle physics to me. And I'm like, I don't <laughs> want to feel like I'm reading a description of something that's happening in a video game. <laughs> I, I, I do want to say, though, uh, it, it, I, I will say, though, very preferable to um, just to saying that, uh, it, you know, that a monster looks like every monster that you've seen in a movie. That's before. true. Yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, I, I I don't love that the bar is that far under the ground that like it was described is actually like a mark in anything's favor because that should be like the that's like saying oh my car has wheels it's like well it better yeah, it should <laughs> <laughs> anyway uh, so so yeah I I think that uh, in general I think we're we're all sort of in agreement that the uh, the, the the actual writing was much better also uh, one small detail uh kurt you would you would notice this and i i had not because basically i i i was going off of like an older uh version of the story and apparently they reprinted it in apex Mm -hmm. 
yeah, uh, just I, like 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 days days before we're we're recording today, right? So, go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh no, I was just say I I don't know the provenance of the initial version that you shared. If that's the version that was in was Asimov's, I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and but but the Apex version was much better edited and fixed a lot of typos and and um. Uh, like weird grammatical stuff that was in the version that that you shared. So, mm-hmm. uh, dear listener, I don't know of what version you you might be reading, but if you are reading a version where there's a lot of like weird typos, I would say go read the Apex uh, version. They did a good job on the editing, and it, it was it was a good tune up overall. Well, I mean, they they did the same thing with O2 Arena, which was sort of like an interesting uh, development that we we had, mm-hmm. uh, you know, last time we did this. Um, yeah, so so uh Maddie, do you have any last things to say about uh Destiny Delayed? Not especially. I I think you all kind of covered what I would have said for the most part. Um Yeah, it, you know, it it was fine. <laughs> it's fine. Yeah, I, I feel I, I don't hate it by any stretch of the imagination, but I don't love it either. Yeah, yeah, I gotcha. Yeah, I I wasn't particularly wowed by it. I think that again, great idea. Um, not sure that the execution, you know, yeah, sort of it, like it, matched. Honestly, it. I just needed more from the characters, and I needed more from the concept. And mm-hmm. I think that this was an idea that was maybe better suited to novelette or even novella length than short story. Yeah, yeah, I agree. All right, so let's uh, let's keep it. Keep it moving, and uh, let's talk about uh, "Give Me English" by A. A. I. Zhang. Uh, this first appeared in uh, the magazine of fantasy and science fiction. Um, so, uh, I mean, and I guess we should probably talk a little very quickly about the the premise, where it's basically like a a, a Chinese character who uh, has to. Where, where language is currency and, and she has to then sort of like decide to trade in, um, you know, sort of like, uh, words in her native language for English, which is where the, the, the title comes from. Yeah. It seems to be like, like, so, so like you have a set number of words in your vocabulary, but you might have more than one copy of a word. So let's say that you have, you have five copies of cart. You know, you have a hundred copies of the and of and so on and so forth. But but especially fancy words, you might only have one or two copies of. Um, and if you trade away all the, the copies of a word that, you know, it gets deleted from your your mind, essentially. And when someone uses that word in whatever language it might be, you just kind of hear like, a, blah, 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 blah. you know, like you don't you don't you just hear like mumbling effectively. <laughs> like um, backtracing. Back uh, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Backmasking. Yes. Backmasking. Yeah, back masking, but without like the, the cool, like, you know. No, she's no coming. <laughs> yeah. No, she <Yeah>. <laughs> um, But but it also seems like different languages kind of have like different exchange rates or like different values. So like you and 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 so like the 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 character in the story is it? What's your name? Is it? I remember her. I think her her English name was like Jillian. Jillian. Yeah, yeah. I, we, I, we, say- I I can't I can't read. Chinese. Oh, fair, fair, fair so, point. What, why not, so, Carlo? You so said you Jillian. did the research. Yes, um, yes. And, and and so like she has traded away like some of her Chinese, or um, but then she's also so, um, 
she's also traded away like some of the English, but she's also kind of like bought bought more English. And then you know, there's people talking about there's like rich people who are talking about like, oh, you know, I'm so glad that little whatever whatever has access to you know all these all these words and all these different languages like uh, from birth. So like rich people can speak 24 languages, poor people might speak no languages. Um, and they have to go around like begging on the street to get a couple words uh, the, 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 from, from the, people. The capital S silence. Yes, yes, the silence. And and I um, I I thought this was a fucking terrific concept. I mm-hmm, I yes. love this as a concept. I have some criticisms of of how it was deployed, um, but but overall, I, I thought this was a this was a banger of a concept. Terrific. Yeah. Yeah. yeah uh, I, conceptually, I, I actually think I would agree that this one on on just a pure concept level was the one that was like kind of the the most. Uh, immediately appealing. It didn't feel too much like something that I've seen before, which uh, I'll get into with one of the other stories because it was actually one that I liked, but it did feel a little bit too much like something I've seen before this. I don't think I've ever read a story that kind of got at this same idea. So I liked Mm -hmm. that. Uh, You know, I I can still be impressed by novelty now and again. I'm not that jaded. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the the only thing I can think of that comes close is um what the heck is the name of that novel and it's not it's not language um but there's uh there, there's an author named uh Hanu Rajanyemi um who I've mentioned before and he wrote a book called The Quantum Thief um where people have kind of like sharing rights to their memories and so like you 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 can't see anybody's face unless they share their face permission with you or you can see it but you you can't remember it after you stop looking at it and then like if you're in a relationship with somebody and you break up they might they might unshare with you so you do like you remember your half of the relationship, but you don't remember anything about the person or even possibly who they were. Uh, eternal very, sunsh- the, the eternal sunshine the, <laughs> of the spotless mind you. But on the blockchain. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, and and th- that was the only thing that I can think of that came to that level of like subjective editing based on some some system. And really, even then, not very similar. So, yeah, I agree with you, Maddie. It didn't feel s- similar to, to anything really. And, yeah, I, I, it was v- good. Good concept. I, I I agree that the initial premise is great um, because uh, you know, like this is a this is a story that is in a long tradition of sci-fi, sort of like in that sci-fi tradition of what if X was Y, you know, and this is basically what if language was currency, right? Great idea. I don't. There's two main criticisms I have of the premise, and I think that it affects the story. Um, and the first is, let me, let me preface this by saying not every person who is bilinguals journey is the same, but at the same time, I feel like this story assumed a monolingualism that is not real. And, you know, like, like I I understand on the one hand, I understand that that's probably part of the reduction of the the formula of what if x was y but it need i i felt like this didn't really address because it, it so so on the 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 other thing that feeds into this is the fact that if you are then going to say okay let's say that language is currency okay great 
but then the way that the sort of like the economy within the story works is that it's always subtractive, right? And I feel like part of that is to um, sort of really turn the screws on the sort of like the melancholy and the sadness of, oh, she's losing her language. Whereas the way I saw it was, okay, so when payday comes around, do you get paid in English? Does that just bury and oh, no, give you no, no, no. less? She, she does get uh, get get words back and she buys additional words. Towards the end of the story, she does that. Yes, yes, she does. But what I'm saying is that she works somewhere, right? So if mm-hmm. if we're talking that language is actually currency, does she at you know every two weeks get a shit ton of mean. ands and thes, uh, you know, like with maybe some like I, I hate to use this, but maybe she gets two dollar and five dollar words too. I don't know. Well, um, I don't. So I I want to tease at something that you said earlier because I think I didn't quite follow it. But but on the details of the story, the way that I read it was. Language is not the currency. Language is essentially a commodity that they are exchanging for for currency. So she she gets paid in – I don't think her job comes up, or maybe it does in passing. Uh, it mentions that she used to be a waitress, I, I, I think. Um, but uh, but like, like I think she gets paid in currency, but like buying – Buying new words that aren't the absolute minimum baseline is just very, very expensive. Um, so, like, what seems to happen is that everyone winds up able to speak like bits and pieces of different languages, but maybe one, uh, maybe one they actually have like like a decent um, grasp of. That that was my understanding. So, I, I think it's not that people don't buy and acquire language. I think it's just that it's it's just very expensive for any word that you would find especially useful. Well, yes, but but I think that the um the the you're you're right that she started like as a server and now she's working. I forget it's like some some other worse job, right? Mm-hmm. And I, the way I read it was that it was a a consequence of her losing lang- like language, like not being able to afford the exchange rate between because in 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 the in the story the exchange rate for English is always high, which is also, not a bad, not a bad idea, you know, like not a bad idea to sort of mimic what the actual sort of um, exchange rates are for, you know, like the dollar is sort of what, what a lot of other currencies peg themselves to. And it's, I mean, I mean I'd, I'd call it a mistake, but, you know, <laughs> they, they, they got to do something, right? Um, but but the, the point being that then English becomes much more valuable, and I feel like part of the story wants to talk about assimilation, and it doesn't really also pro- you know provide like what the allure is, right? Because there's incentives. Like if you're going to say, okay, well, language is currency, there's incentives then to keep on, you know, like if you're flooded at every payday with a bunch of English, maybe you just stop using Chinese. Mm-hmm. It's not gone. That, that's what I'm talking about. Like it's subtractive, like it's deleted from your memory. And again, I, I understand the the need to reduce things down so that it, it fits the premise. But at the same time, I, I don't know. It's it's a. I feel like it's it's a great premise that needed to perhaps be thought out a little bit more. I don't know. See, I actually feel the opposite. I feel that it was a great premise that needed to be thought out less. 
um, because my one of my big criticisms is that it spends a lot of time explaining aspects of the way that the system works in ways that never really affect the characters or that or that are never really seen. And like it was interesting, like for instance, the idea of the 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 language gambling casino is an interesting mm-hmm. idea. And but I was expecting it to then play some kind of like dramatic tension where you know she decides to go and wager at it and she wants to win and it, like you're you're in, you know you're invested in like whether it goes well or not and it it comes up for like one very very brief scene. Um, and, but, and well, and we don't even get to see the the gambling happening either. Exactly. Yeah, it's it's just explained to us, and so like uh, it was an interesting development of the idea. But I think the concept would have worked better if the world was more limited to the way that it that it directly impacted the characters, which I do think would would address what your concern is, which which which, which I think is that we. It, it it feels like it fudges a bit in the terms of the ways that the actual characters in the story and especially the protagonists interact with mm-hmm. this mm-hmm. this uh, system because we do get a lot of details about the overall like language commodities world um, and f- for me whenever that part whenever the story started explaining that stuff it just I I, I it just like I kind of started losing interest because it was too yeah, much well, I, too much system I had the same. Uh, it felt very um I see this problem in like quite a bit of science fiction and fantasy where the author like is enamored with the concept and oftentimes it is a very good concept because I did really like the concept here but instead of integrating the concept into into action into dialogue into the the actual flow of the story it kind of just like explains stuff to exactly. you. And I'm like, if I wanted stuff explained to me, I would be reading a Wikipedia article right now. Like yes. I, I, I like mm-hmm. if you're writing a story, tell me a story. And uh, this is another concern that's going to come back for one of the stories. Yes. Yes. <laughs> um, yes. Very much. Yeah, so. If you are writing a story, tell me a story. Um, don't, don't, don't explain stuff to me. I, I don't, especially like, I don't like being explained stuff that's not real. I'm like, if, if, like, like, I'm sorry. If you're going to explain stuff at me, at least explain stuff at me that is like a real thing so I can learn about it. But if you're going to do that also, like, mm-hmm. just, just give me an article to read. Like uh, when yeah. I want a story, I want a story. Well, I, I think, Kurt, to, to your to your former comment, I think the issue is that Yes, uh, I agree that a lot of the 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 details actually invite more questions, and I think that that's where I am at. Right where yeah. where I was reading, it, I was like, "Well, why doesn't this work this way? Why doesn't this work that yeah, other way?" That, you know, that that's, type of uh, to kind of tack on to my 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 spiel about like people like explaining shit when you're making something up. The more things you explain, the more opportunities you give the reader to poke holes in your explanations or come up with like, well, why didn't they do this, 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 and the other? Well, how does this affect this? So in my humble opinion, if you are writing science fiction or fantasy, you should explain the absolute bare minimum that you need to to make mm-hmm. the story happen. You, I agree. you know what? I, that that made me think for some reason of something that didn't occur to me until just now, which which is that like the story doesn't really have a lot of conflict or anything like like driving it along. Um and, and so it it does it really just feels like an exploration of this world in a lot of ways and and of the concept itself, which though interesting, 
I, I think, as, as you said, Maddie, like if it's it, it's it, it just starts to feel like like it's explaining to you and you're not like I was not invested in the characters until very close to the end. Um, and, and I, I think that if it had focused more on, more on them and less on like the details of the setting, I think it probably, probably would have been a lot stronger because I will say the ending of the story I loved because like, you know, somebody shitty gets their comeuppance. Like there's like a nice kind of like sentimental thing. I'm very sappy. So I was like, oh, you know, like this is, this is nice. I would have liked a lot more focus on, on those aspects of the story and less on just like. Like going to different places because like it is it is interesting to see like what does a movie how does a, how is it to experience a movie when you can only you know when you've sold a bunch of words and some of them are in like a special elite high class language that only the rich can afford etc. But it didn't really drive the story along to me. Mm-hmm. Well, I think so. So Kurt, and this is this is something that I was thinking about as I was reading the story and and really sort of like thinking about like. Okay, so why did this why did this get on the ballot? And and I I think I I can I can I can pretty point I can pretty much point at at least two maybe three things right that that definitely are sort of like uh, awards bait uh, if you will like I I I, I hesitate to use that phrase but but it really let's is, be right? real every award has its bait it doesn't matter yeah. what the award is the Oscars have their things that are bait the Grammys have their things that are bait the Nebulas have their things that yeah. are bait every awards has its bait so so the first one is something I already mentioned right what if X was Y right here it's what if language was currency uh, and 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 I think that it's a story that. Uh, again, I think assumes a, a, an audience. It assumes a monolingual audience. Uh, I, I don't want to, <laughs> oh, I don't want to. That's what I wanted to come back to you about because I didn't understand your point about, about it assuming monolingualism because I, I felt like it did the opposite. And so I, I'm, I, I don't want to interrupt your, your current thought, but I would, I would love to hear what to tease that, like tease so, that. A so, more. so, so let me put it to you this way. A person that's raised bilingually or more, right? Trilingually or whatever, mm-hmm. right? Would they just be richer in this world? Uh, until they started selling them, I think. I think. Well, is yeah, the yeah. Idea. That, that's. Yes. But but that's. Yes. I think that that's that's mostly the the main issue is that why would uh, I ever I sell that? <laughs> like, uh, like because uh, you need it, money. I, I mean, I mean, I think that that's what it's trying to say is 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 that you know like. Uh, they're they're mortgaging their own culture to mm-hmm. be a you know their ability to like I thought it was very poignant when she's not able to talk to her parents much mm-hmm. anymore because mm-hmm. she only has a few words left in the language right, that, right. that they can speak. D- don't don't get me wrong. I, I think that that was that was a great scene. Um, but but what I I think where I'm coming from is that my own experiences were the following. Um. I was raised bilingually, uh, more or less English and Spanish, uh, sort of equally. I, I would say now I am probably more English than Spanish, right? Uh, simply because more use. I am, you know, I am in the U.S., a a, a country that even well-meaning liberals will t- will tell people who cannot speak English, you got to learn the language. <laughs> um. And I think that that has really tinged my view of this story, right? Because it, it, it assumes, I feel like it assumes like a, a readership that is monolingual, 
right? Mm-hmm. That only can think of, I have to give up to then get, right? And that I, I, I that has never been my experience. I simply, Spanish, like when I went into the Navy, it was the first time I was very young. It was the first time I'd been away from, from home. I was not using Spanish very well. When I got back, I didn't lose Spanish. I just simply, it was just like, you know, like I mm. just didn't have easy access and fluency and it came back. I didn't yeah, honestly, do like uh, even see, someone okay. who wasn't raised bilingually, like I studied French all through school and I still, I don't really have, I mean, it was my minor even in undergrad and I don't really have much occasion to use it. But now, even now, like if I start to try and read something, it might take me a little bit, but it comes back a little bit. Um, yeah, it, it comes back you with know, practice. It, it comes back. I, like, I, I'm sure if you, like, if you dropped me in the middle of Paris, I would struggle for a little bit, but it would come back enough that I could, could get around within, a, you know, week, couple of days, uh, and maybe even good within like couple months because I, I did study it for so long. Now, now I did think that the, like, if you're going to make cur- like language currency, the, the, the uh, discussions about like, oh, well, my, my kid's going to have to learn five languages to even make it. Uh, it, it, that does map pretty well to like education, right? Like, like the, the, the over reliance and, and filtering of, uh, even like basic positions and jobs mm-hmm. with like, oh, now you need a bachelor's degree. And fuck, motherfucker, that is a retail job on the sales floor. I don't need a fucking bachelor's degree. Fuck off. But, but I think that, again, I think that part of it is that the, that, the story needs to over explain the concept mm-hmm. and doesn't let it breathe enough. And I, and, and to your, both of your points, I don't think that it's embodied in the characters enough either. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, Carlo, like, oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. I'm, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, go, I was no, just go saying, ahead. Um, two points. First of all, Carlo, you mentioned the Navy. Um, do you know how problematic the U.S. Navy is as an organization. You have a you really. I think you need to explain yourself there. Uh, look, look. It is a very diverse force. We had Filipino cooks, and we had uh, very Anglo uh, staff. And <laughs> no, go ahead. Uh, my second point was was um, I. I think you're right in in terms of language. See, I felt like the story was ultimately not so much about language as it was about culture and identity. Mm-hmm. Felt like what it was trying to get at, and. I think that it is not so much that I I think the point it was trying to make is is less about selling language per se and more about like selling a part of who you are mm-hmm. um be, because I think in to answer an earlier question that you had about like well what what if you already are bilingual would you just have more stuff and the answer is yes but you would have more stuff, but but the only the only the only value that you can get out of that stuff, out of the words you have in this world, 
is to sell them, to to get rid of them. And I, I think I think it's really trying to get at that concept of like, well, well, yes, in a way, having all these experiences that um, you know the typical American might not have is in theory valuable, right? You you have more experience, you have stuff that could be worthwhile, but the only way to get it recognized as worthwhile is to commodify and to sell it and to turn yourself and part of yourself into a product. And mm-hmm. I felt like that was what it was trying to get at. I agree with you about about the 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 language point, which is that yeah, like you can't you can't just like give up your language. But I think you can you you can kind of give up like a part of your experience or like a part mm-hmm. of who you are or turn it into into something that is that is just like money. It's something to be to be monetized, and I, I think well, that I that's mean, what it was trying to to get at in the story. Right, I right. I, I I do see that, and I think that the other note that I had was that it it by becoming something that is merely subtractive. Mm-hmm. Um, it never really shows you what the allure of assimilation is because it's, it's automatically telling, sort of almost telling you uh, I see. that, oh, that's bad. And, and really, it doesn't really show you what. I mean, you get money. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. But, but yes, but at the same time, like, you know, like, like there, there's a very, there's almost a. Th- this is going to sound really bad, but I'm going to say. Oh, say it. it. Please say it now. <laughs> There's a very conservative streak in this, right? Where you you need to conserve your original culture and language against assimilation, which which I don't disagree with, but at the same time, like it's something that is. Mm always a struggle and you're you're always if you're not from the default uh you know like the default culture that you're now in then guess what you're gonna have to walk that line and figure out what that line is and i feel like this story is trying to convince me that that's bad mm, interesting. Um, yeah and may, maybe it would have been and so now that you say that it makes me think about how um the the kind of sh- shithead a uh, friend of the family character Jory um is is more successful and wealthier uh than the protagonist um but it's not it's not because he uh assimilated more it well, I, I guess I guess he kind of did. It it does mention that he sold almost all almost all of his Chinese words, um, but also like he was he was also rich to begin with, and, and so mm-hmm. may, maybe there's a missed opportunity for him to kind of represent like the allure of assimilation if his success had been more about the fact that like oh look you know he assimilated. Right. Well, I and and I think that that was my earlier point. Right. The that if on payday you get paid in English, guess what. You're going to use English, more, right? Right, right. Um, and I feel like that's that. I feel like that's if we're inviting questions like that, mm-hmm. that would have worked better for me, right? Because then it it really shows how your your sort of original or your native language or your preferred language or the language of your parents gets slowly buried under all this English or whatever the default language I is. See, I see. Um, and so that by the time that you actually call back home, you're, you're like struggling to dig through all this English to get to your original language. 
Um, it's, I feel like it's, um, something that if it had switched to being additive, it would have sort of approached that fire hose approach that if you know a little English and you go to an English country and you're forced to speak English, guess what? All that English is really important for you to continue to making money, uh, in which you're paid in English again. Mm-hmm. And and maybe I think maybe uh, yeah to your point, Kirk. Maybe I'm misunderstanding the dynamic here. But again, it's it's something well, no, that I, I think I think you're bringing a different perspective to it that I didn't have, and it's 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 interesting to me. And you make a really good point about like the the way that it like, it kind of misses uh, some aspects of like how language function that that maybe would have made it m- more resonant. So yeah. no, I I don't think you're you're off on a weird you know. No, no, I, mean, I, mean, no, I don't feel like in, in you're, you're lost in the weeds. I, I think actually uh, I'm glad that we had you to talk about this since you actually were raised bilingually. So that's a perspective <laughs> that neither yeah, I mean, Kurt nor I have. I mean, and, and again, you know, like I'm from Puerto Rico. We're supposedly considered part of the U.S. I get it. But at the same time, like. It didn't really. I, I don't know. Like it, it's it's again uh, the the this issue where the over explanation of how the premise worked mm-hmm. kept on sort of deducting points for me because I was like, wait, no, no, wait, hold on, hold on, and and it just a- forced me to ask more questions than if it had been to to both of your points had been sort of kept a little bit vague and then sort of embodied by the characters a bit more. Yeah, because then 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 I can I can sort of buy in a little bit better into like, okay, this is, uh, you know, this person represents this type of identity, this, you know, that that type of identity. And, you know, we're going to see these these people sort of like conflict. Their conflict is going to be the differences that they have about what they believe in or whatever. I don't know. Uh, Anyway, um, I, I think I've. I've stretched out the time just to give me English. Sorry, folks. Um, but any last thoughts uh, from either one of you about give me English? I loved the ending. I'll just say that again. It, it was, and, and I, I think, I, I, I think I wanted that that emotional or personal connection from the characters throughout throughout the story. And, and yeah, and it I, I was only to agree because I was like, I liked wow, the ending works. and I'm like, wow, uh, I really liked this. But also it would have hit a lot harder if I like there was more going on exactly character wise yeah. throughout the story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, yeah. like I liked it so much because it gave me something I hadn't realized that I was I was lacking up until that point. I was like, oh, I this is what I wanted from the rest of the story. <laughs> well, yeah. Oh, oh, I forgot to to mention the the things that that I think why this is on the ballot. And one is the the what we were talking about that it it sort of assumes a a certain uh, monolingual uh, audience. Uh, the second thing is the puzzles of like oh well because part of the 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 story has like the the words that she can no longer hear or or use are sort of like the first letter and then dashes uh-huh. uh, and i feel like that added like a little bit of a puzzle context to Ooh. the story oh yes and and but by the way i think that that aspect is something that was left on the that that is unrealized possibility because i think that as soon as that started happening i was like oh 
I bet there's going to be a part of the story where she falls on hard times and like has to sell a bunch more words and more and more of the story will become incoherent and then she'll have to get it back. Like, and it, it, it never does that. And I think that was mm-hmm. a missed opportunity. I think that would have been really, that, that would have been like a way to reflect, like, like reflect her experience directly into the reader's experience. And like, I, I yeah. really, I really I, wanted something I like, like that. that idea. I, 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 that kind of points to something that a, a problem that I tend to have quite a bit with a lot of the, uh, Nebula and Hugo nominated short stories is they'll have like an idea, like that's kind of cool, but they, they either need to like strip it back a lot or just go way harder with mm-hmm. it. They mm-hmm. kind of keep trying to like, it's like, I get it. You want to be accessible, but at the same time, like have a little ambition. The reader is a worm and should be crushed. Exactly. (laughs) Absolutely. Um, All right. So let's move on to rabbit test. I fucking hated this. I hated it. Well, it's don't sugarcoat it, Betty. Tell me what you mean. Really, I, I've been quiet these past two because I knew I was going to be really loud for a couple of others, and I did a lot of talking already today when I was out with my friends. So, um, well, tell, uh, tell I, you what, Betty, you were filling your super bar. I, I, I will go ahead and um, you know do do the correct thing and just you know sit back and listen to a woman speak about you know a story about women's issues. <sighs> Okay, so uh, first things first, this isn't a story. Uh, It is an essay that wants you to believe that it's a story. Yes. Mm -hmm. So, Mm -hmm. so to to kind of sum this up, it's it's um, set in the you know not so far future, uh, and everyone, uh, anyone who can could conceivably forgive the pun, uh, conceive. is uh, monitored very closely. Any any uh, abortions completely outlawed. So it starts with this character, and she's like, "Oh shit!" It, uh, if um, they have like a little chip, I guess, implanted in them, and it, it immediately does like a pregnancy test if they uh, are more than a week late for their period. Um, which and not actually a terrible idea for like a sci-fi dystopia kind of setting. Uh, oh, I, I, I don't thought know. you were saying not, not a terrible idea, and I was like, whoa, Maddie, No, uh, actually, it's a terrible <laughs> idea in general, but if you were, not a terrible idea for, you know, a dystopian kind of setting. Um, but, uh, so it starts in this 17-year-old girl. She is about to get, you know, be on her, or her seventh day late and goes to her friend to try and, like, kind of hack the system a little bit. So that's kind of the story but what it keeps doing is like intercutting to different like historical situations um, dealing with like basically with abortions, because that's, you know, obviously we we have seen some uh, legislation that's been very ugly on that front lately. And mm-hmm. um, so it's very much an issue story, except that it forgets that there's it, it needs to tell a story um, because this yeah. this kind of frame narrative, it keeps jumping back. There's almost more of the historical stuff than of the story. I don't know if the author just thought like just telling a story would be too straightforward um, or if they thought that, oh, if I just tell a story, someone might miss the point, which well, like what was that? <laughs> you story? couldn't miss the um, point. Like. Like, if you miss the point of this story, that is, like, the equivalent of someone who cannot hit the broad side of a barn with a basketball. (laughs) Like, 
Yes. It is, oh, especially the ending. It's, <laughs> Where it's like, well, well, it is 2022. Know, it, what are you doing, reader? Which well, is so didactic. And uh, there's I, not a story. Um, it is an essay pretending to be a story. The other thing that I found, um, it, it's it's very non-comprehensive is the issue uh, the other issue I have. So this is where like, I'm not going to grade it like I would grade a story because it's not a story. Um, I'll grade it like I would grade an essay. And this is something I would have given my freshman comp students a solid, but grudging B plus for. Cause the research was there on some of the historical methods of contraception and, and uh, um, like, uh, uh, you know, ways people would have used to have uh, induced abortion. So that they, there was some research to that. However, it was not very comprehensive. Um, it, it's trying to have all these different situations, but it never talks about like, it, it never talks about like, well, uh, someone who like wanted a child, but found that they had like, a horrible birth defect, like some, some, you know, like one of those horrible things is like, oh yeah, if you, you know, mm, uh, mm. you know, carry this pregnancy to term, your, your baby will have its brain on the outside of its skull and will not live and will just suffer horribly. Like that was a situation that wasn't addressed, which I think is something that should have been, um, because that's also like a, an important reason to want mm-hmm. to keep like access to abortion care. Um, That was something they didn't address. They didn't address um, people who have historically been um, uh, people who would have wanted to have children, but have had that stripped from them. Like they did a lot of testing on contraception in, in Puerto Rico Mm -hmm. and uh, in uh, like a lot of indigenous populations uh, uh, even El- even so recently as like the a couple years ago at the uh, the U.S. Mexico border, they found that one doctor who was just doing hysterectomies on patients just because. Mm-hmm. So the well, fact I mean- that that wasn't also addressed, I felt like I'm like. If you're going to talk about reproductive health, you have to talk about all of it, not just the one well, part. M- Maddie, to that point, something that struck me was a lot more of the historical cutaways. By the way, I actually really liked the uh, all the historical stuff. I actually liked, and I, I agree with you completely, by the way. And I think this actually would make a really good essay if you took out the attempt at a story in it. Yeah, and the just, story, and you the just story is essay. nothing. It's, it's, a, it's yeah. a wet fart. It yeah. is absolutely nothing. But what I was going to um, say before well, is is that um, it actually spends a lot more time on pregnancy tests than on abortions, and I get that that oh, is a that big is part true. Of- I mean, but that's 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 why, which is the other thing, because it's like, uh, yeah, no, I, I guess I should have probably said that the the historical asides are actually a lot about the pregnancy tests as well, which again, like that's interesting, but it's also not central to the fucking point. Yeah, which I I I didn't really understand why it wasn't more about. Um, like I guess it's the to connect it to the, of abortion, the frame story. Yeah, but 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 like like even then, um, I really liked all that that historical research. But it was it it was weird to me that there wasn't more about about abortion, given that the story the framing story was felt like it was more about access to abortion than it was. Well, to yeah. Well, then tests. they would have had to have had something <laughs> fucking coherent. So that's too much, I guess, for a Nebula nominated Kurt, story. Kurt, Kurt, it's 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 more about access to healthcare than actual. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, Matt, Maddie, I I I agree completely, and I I think that I think that if the framing story 
had played out with all of without all of the time skips, I think it might have come closer to working for me be, because yeah, I think what, it needed to either be an essay and, and be about the different um, types of historical pregnancy tests, contraception, abortion, that kind of thing. It just straight up been an essay on the historical context. That would have been interesting, actually. That would have been good information that probably would have been like enlightening and interesting to yeah. read about. Uh, or it should have just been a story and not right. tried so, to, to braid well, the two of them. Like, so, it, it was very so clumsy. I, I, I think that one of the things that um, in the story sections – that gets quickly quickly referenced and then quickly shoved off you know like off screen so to speak is this idea that there there's actually like direct action like violent resistance and it's never really addressed exactly. yeah 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 that would have been and, yeah. and, and like like this is this is I, I i kept on reading this and think to myself this is the west wing <laughs> of birth of like re, like a bodily autonomy because even in in a fantasy like you you don't have any sort of like power fantasy happening on on the page right well like, there's like, no there's there, for a story about something as potentially like brutal and bloody and like heart-wrenching and terrible it does not have any emotional effects. There's mm. nothing visceral about it well, at all. And I'm like, this well, is like one of the most visceral possible well, subjects for, you could talk me, about. It, it and almost you do did. nothing with it. It started to when it was um when she was uh trying to like initially navigate the situation. When she's talking to what was his name? Uh, Ambrose, I think. And yeah. she's kind of getting into like the black market of like availability of not just like pregnancy tests, but like abortifacients and, and birth control. I, I was starting to get a little bit invested, but then it just skips. Then it just goes away and it just skips forward. And, and, and the, the skips just didn't, it, 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 there was too much skipping ultimately. Well, like, you know, if, if they hadn't skipped, if she hadn't skipped, she would have had to have written a story. <laughs> right. Exactly, <laughs> That's exactly. what I keep circling back to is this isn't well, a story. Well, 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 Maddie, let me ask you this because, uh, and this may, this is absolutely a leading question. Uh, okay. and, and also connects to my West Wing, uh, of, <laughs> of bodily autonomy. How did you feel at the end when basically it's, uh, they're, they're, they're going to testify before the same political body that removed their rights for bodily autonomy. Oh, I didn't even think about you're right. This is this is reduced to like like uh passive marches. <laughs> yeah, um I thought that I wished I had an extra arm with another hand to flip another bird. <laughs> <laughs> My God, I, I just I, I was just like sit, uh, like I got to the end and that's the like basically the end is that the original characters <laughs> Is it her granddaughter her is going granddaughter or daughter? It, it doesn't matter because it's not a story. These aren't characters. They're not real people. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. They're there to to provide like a role in the in in the basically the narrative. Uh, so which I have is this mostly thing, essay. which yeah, that this uh this this is very revealing my millennial dumb. Uh, I refer to characters that are not characters, but really exist for the rest of the characters to do things and the story to happen as Katie Heron characters, like the character in Mean Girls. She's not interesting. She's a non-character. The stuff that happens around her is interesting. 
the main character in this story, Grace, she's a Katie Heron mm. without a Regina George or a Janice Ian or any of the characters that make Mean Girls interesting. Like, yeah. You're, you're it reminding is a story me. full of Katie Herons. There is there is no story. Yeah. The, you're reminding I, me I'm of going to keep repeating this. This is not a story. <laughs> you're reminding me of one of the pa- uh, the the now patron saints of this uh, podcast, none other than the Pringles man, Gene Wolfe, who oh said, "Oh God, of course, I can't escape." Said, you know, <laughs> they, they want they they want their they want their characters to sound like their friends, but their friends are boring. It, oh yeah, I, I mean that's that's exactly the vibe that this gave off. Um, yeah, I, I also uh, I, I felt like the uh, the little like oh we're gonna be like inclusive to people who are trans mask and then it was just like this is nothing you you have given less than table scraps like yeah i I did it it was so cursor i guess it was so it felt so cursory and so perfunctory it was almost more offensive than if it had just not been there yeah i i started to get interested slash excited about it. like oh like this is cool you know like because that that character had the potential to be fairly cool and then it just kind of skips away and uh, well, honestly, yeah because even, then it would have had to be because the story then it would have the, to be then, a story then the author would it would have had to have been a story with real characters <laughs> um and it's not i i wonder i i wonder if if i'm just becoming soft in in my old age because it didn't even occur to me uh until you mentioned it uh Carlo, that that the this 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 conceives entirely of like direct action in terms of like marching and maybe doing a little bit of like like underground kind of black market stuff. Yeah, but like no no other kinds of direct action, no political violence. It's it's like it's like rallies. It's just going to rally, which which granted important like important thing. But yeah, it didn't even occur to me that like the ultimate goal is just like to vote. (laughs) <laughs> yes. Now that, that yes. Now, now that you said that, I I, it's, it's I like it even less. Peak libs. <laughs> um, like like going back to the same political body that stripped you of your rights to beg for them again is not something that I find hopeful. I'm sorry. No. Yeah. No, it's kind of bleak, actually. <laughs> yes. Yes, it is. Even if you get it, even if you get it, the fact that you had to beg the people who took it away from you in the first place is fucking bleak. Uh, but it, the story's not framing it like it's it's framing it's like we can be hopeful and it's like God fuck off like someone throw a brick through a window also, or something in this story Jesus it also kind of says again, don't be hopeful like I said that would be action <laughs> which would make it a story it it also kind of says don't be hopeful because it basically says that like uh, reproductive rights are like an endless pendulum that will go back and forth forever. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of, kind of seemed to be like what it was getting at, um, yeah, right? Well, which, I mean, uh, maybe, also, maybe, but that's 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 pretty bleak. If so. Well, you know, I don't think you know, the writer realized that it was that bleak, though. That that's that's the thing, Kurt. You know, there there might be one a, a specific, um, yeah, like a specific um, area of politics that might actually not be a pendulum and might say, no, no, the pendulum stops here, and yeah. this is our new baseline. I don't know what that. You would hope. Well, I, I I'm not know. sure that the that the author of this uh, story um, knew what that political theory might be, but. Um, we 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 have an inkling here, can, I think, right? Can I say something really really complimentary about the story that doesn't about the essay that doesn't really that that doesn't <laughs> really you. um that that doesn't really improve its standing in this episode, but that I actually thought was quite well done. <laughs> um, that that is, I thought that kind of the tour of 
uh, uh, pregnancy tests, like the historical tour through all those methods was really interesting. And I, I didn't know any of that shit. And I was like, oh, that's mm-hmm. really cool. Like, especially when I was I talking think probably about- the other reason I'm uh, less charitable towards <laughs> this was most of that information was, in fact, stuff I already knew. I, I'm not. <laughs> I, I could claim. I could take the podcaster's option and just claim, oh yeah, I knew all that shit already, but I'll be totally honest, I'm I'm somewhat stupid and didn't know any of that. Um and so and so I really liked reading that, but I would have liked reading that in an essay, uh not not in a story. And whenever it came back to the story, I was kind of like, "Oh god, we're back here again. Give me more pregnancy facts." <laughs> yeah, no, literally, that was the the stuff that was just completely factual and not dramatized it, it, for as much as this dramatizes anything, which is barely um, the stuff that was just completely a statement of fact. I was like, oh, this would be really interesting if I didn't already know it. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I, um, so, something similar happens um, to a friend of mine when he reads uh, Neil Gaiman specifically. Um, oh, goodness. That, that he, he said that. And his his complaint is always that uh, Neil Gaiman has like just this tendency to like r- to read a bunch of like Wikipedia pages about something and be like I need to put all this in a story. So like he hated American Gods because he felt like it was just uh, Neil Gaiman telling him stuff about different gods and and goddesses that he already. I knew. mean, and, not wrong. Right. That's, that's also one of the reasons I don't like America. I, I like. Neil Gaiman may be the most hit or miss fantasy author I can think of because the books of his and the stories of his that I like, I really fucking like. But the ones of his that I don't like, I think suck shit. So he's just like, you know, he's either, either you know, great or just abysmal. And there is very little in between. There are very few Neil Gaiman stuff. So I'm like, it's fine. But, but, uh, it's, but I guess that's better funny. because fine is worse than bad. So... It's funny though because I have I had the same experience reading all all that Neil Gaiman for the first time where I was like stupid enough to be like I didn't know that you know and so be like <laughs> oh cool this is good and so I kind of feel like like I'm doing the same thing here where it's like I didn't know any of this so I was interested to learn so like ultimately yeah, there were like a couple of little tidbits wait, wait, wait. that I didn't know but <laughs> most hold of on. it I already knew hold on hold on hold hold the fuck on uh huh Kurt. Were you glad to have gotten that reference? Is that what you're saying on this podcast? No, no, I was. I'm not. I'm not. I'm saying. I'm saying that that if you want to read this story, know that it's not very good, but it just might teach you something. <laughs> well, I think so. So I think that that's something that so far we've in every one of these stories, it feels very much like exactly that, right? Part of the reason that they're on the ballot is because, and I think, um, I, it's just sci-fi talking, fantasy people are fucking nerds and they can't handle the thought of just reading a goddamn story that doesn't teach them anything or tell them any way to be. Well, well, Maddie, we, we were talking about this offline, but, but, you know, like I think, I believe it was a recent um, Lincoln Michelle uh, countercraft. His articles are yes. so good. Uh, countercraft um, post where he was talking about exactly that, like this idea that uh, for the most part, you know, SFF fans generally uh, and readers generally um, really identify and and really sort of like. Um, put a lot of stock in a story that, you know, like at, at the very least, te- you know, they feel like it teaches them something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know what? I, I know guess what I'm just built different then before. because I have the attention span to read nonfiction <laughs> if I want to learn something. 
Uh, Just saying. Uh, Maddie, Twitter has told me that reading nonfiction is actually a very masculine trait. Uh, so that, that, oh, uh, yeah. I guess I got to turn in my woman card then. I'm not saying I read a lot of nonfiction, but I am saying that when I want to, when I get interested in a subject and would like to read it, I actually, I have the attention span for that. And I, I would prefer, I prefer my streams not cross too much. Uh, the, the most I really want to learn in a... Uh, in a fiction story is if I read a historical fiction story, I would like it for it to be like well-researched and pretty well representative of the time period the story is supposed to be set in. But otherwise, don't teach me a goddamn thing. I can read Wikipedia. I can read nonfiction. Just give me a fucking story. And this did not give me a story. Don't, and don't that is the thing that is the worst about something. it. Like, don't make me learn stuff. I, I can learn stuff on my own. I don't need to be spoon-fed with a, 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 like a, a bare minimum, bare-bones story. It's like, don't insult me. Just give me a story. I can yeah. handle facts if you want to give me facts. Yeah. But if you don't want to just give me facts, give me a fucking story. Well, yeah. It, 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 this, this was science fiction, not science fact. Or, or perhaps both at the same time. Yay! All right. Stick to the fiction, goddamn. Okay, we're, can we move on now? I, I, I yeah, tire of talking about sounds, this fucking non-story. Like quote, I hate it um, so much. Uh, you know what? Of the, of the episodes, of the, the Hugo and Nubhill episodes that I've been on with y'all, I think I actually hated this story more than any of the other ones. Wow. Again, because it's not a story. That, that, uh, wow. Yes, let the hatred flow through you. Like, remember last time when we did For Want of a Bed and I got really fired up and I hated that story? I hate this more. By a lot, actually. <laughs> to, to paraphrase, Maddie, it seems like what you're effectively saying is that uh, by making this a science fiction story, they thought they were making the fiction better, but actually they just made the science worse. That's correct. <laughs> That's Very. exactly what I'm saying. Thank you for summing that up in such an eloquent and pithy way. All that is right. exactly well, what I'm saying. You know what? I'm going to move up. Or, or should we save it as a little treat to ourselves? Do we want to move up uh, DIY or do we want to save it for, you know, sort of like a little treat at the end? I don't care either way. I actually don't have that. Like, I didn't have much to like about that one. I didn't have as much to hate about it. Yeah. And I was a little disappointed by that, actually, because I, I like the pure fires of hatred. Um, <laughs> and I, 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 I didn't get that from this that particular story. Um but I am ready to move on from rabbit test because uh, the fires are getting a little hot, even for me. Yeah, let's, and let's uh, talk, fire uh, cannot kill a dragon, but apparently, DIY and apparently then, this and kind can. We can do Dewin and then and then Dick Pig because because mm -hmm. I think that we probably all thought that those those two were the strongest. So mm -hmm. yeah, so let's yes. let's do DIY now and then we can end on a high note. Yes, uh, that, all right, that I'll was do my, that. That was uh, that was my feeling as well. Yes. DIY is fine. It is a deeply inoffensive story for the most part. Uh, I don't like it, but it's, but then again, as I, the refrain goes, fine is worse than bad. I actually almost, I almost prefer reading Wiswell at his like, the, the deer, um, because then it gives me something to like cling to in a, in a like really like, I just want to like get every claw I have into it, um, in, in a very hateful way, uh, where this was just, Whatever. Yeah. Although I I I I hate having read in an actual story because it is an actual story. I will give credit that unlike Rabbit Test, DIY is a story. Um, mm -hmm. 
and that reading uh, Chonky Boy, absolute <sighs> units in an actual narration, uh, not not character dialogue. Uh, here's my hot take. And this is a, a craft thing. It is entirely subjective. However, this is my firm belief. <laughs> 99 times out of 100, slang should not be in narration. Yes. Especially if it's very, uh, very meme of the moment slang and not one that's like kind of been slang for like a million years. Uh, it doesn't seem to be going anywhere either. If it is very like of the moment you know, dialogue, sure, fine. If your character would verbalize the phrase chonky boy, whatever. Uh, yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Narration. That, no. That's I don't important. even care if it's the character's thoughts. No. That that's important there because I actually think one of my big complaints about this story is that the characters feel exactly alike. Um, mm-hmm. There's uh, Manny and Noah. I think is Noah. Yeah. Yeah. Manny yeah. and Noah. And, um, I f- so uh, yeah. I I felt like part of the problem was that they they just it just felt like th- they could have been one character um, because there there wasn't there wasn't a whole lot of differentiation <laughs> b- between them to my mind. Um, no, actually, and- I found myself as I was reading this, there were moments where I had to like read again to be like, which yes. one of them is it? In, in particular, because it's all it's it, it it's it's all in uh, first person, um, and it just jumps back and forth. Between them, and well, yeah, like well, it's it's so similar. But yeah, it took me I, a, like it took me a second to catch that, and I'm like, I'm not gonna say that I'm like the most brilliant and astute reader and, and totally incapable of missing things, um, but I'm gonna say I think the skill issue here was not mine because so, uh, I, when you're I, I writing. Think- it, Go ahead, go ahead. In first person, if you have multiple narrators in first person, which, by the way, is something I don't think that most writers, even really good writers, can usually pull off. Um, there's just like a ha- every now and again, I see someone who does it. But I think that's one of the hardest things to do is alternate first person narrators um, and have yeah. it come off clearly. You, you, you need one of them to, 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 to have like, like an like an overly showy like like on page dialect yeah so <laughs> like, actually like they the, talk like the a best, pirate or something <laughs> yeah the best one i've actually seen like this i, I think this this is it's a novel uh jacqueline carries miranda and caliban has it flips between the point of view of miranda and the point of view of caliban but because they're both raised so differently the di- the the uh the narration is totally different you even if you didn't have the nice little chapter headings you would absolutely know which character right you were dealing with um but so, you have to differentiate a lot if you have multiple first person narrators real quick but the last thing i was going to say is i think that the chunky boy stuff was the attempt to make that one character sound distinctive and yeah I, but I it think doesn't it just work because the other yeah. one sounds the same just yes, uses exactly. slightly yeah. less cringe well, so, layer like language so, so point of order, I, I'm just sort of scanning over this because I, I, I was revisiting it. And no, it's 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 Manny. Manny is the is the actual narrator of the entire thing. Really? Is yes, he? he is. He is the Watson, if oh, you will. Okay, I was to, a right. fucker then. To Maybe new, I was just to mad Noah because Sherlock. I, you're right. It definitely seems that. like it alternated here and there. No, Carlos, right? Yeah, because the Noah parts are are told in a uh, third person. Yeah, well, that didn't add anything to the story for well, me. That, actually, just a it didn't mean, okay. Here's my other peeve. Then, in that case, we'll revise it because it's still a peeve. Pick a fucking point of view, third person or first. Um, if you can mix third and first, you're a really, really good writer. And you know who's not a really, really good writer? <laughs> just saying. 
Yeah. Like that is something that I mean, I'm talking like top tier, like literary writer, not just like even like a pretty good writer in most genres cannot pull that off. Even a pretty good literary writer cannot pull that off. Usually again, I can, uh, I will concede this could just be my personal preference and I don't like it, uh, you know, aesthetically, but uh, switching from third person and first person, but following different characters is really fucking confusing. Yeah. 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 I, yeah. I, I don't disagree with that. Um, for no so, real benefit in this story. Yeah, um, it, I don't really understand why it was done this way, except to be able to, you know, cover the characters when the other wasn't there, like when they weren't together. In I, which I case, see. you could have just alternated with third person and that would have been fucking fine and much easier mm-hmm. to follow. I think I think the like like I was sort of being glib earlier, but I do think that the idea here is that we're supposed to take away just like we're supposed to take away that Sherlock in those narratives is like a an extraordinary individual that Manny's uh, yeah. uh, narration is okay, sure, is but he's not sort of so. setting up. Yeah, yeah, they're setting up <laughs> the quote legend of Noah, and of course, I I, I sort of rolled my eyes a little bit at Noah because Noah bringing the rain. Oh, <laughs> I didn't yeah. think about hey, oh. No, <laughs> I wish Carlo. that I hadn't thought about it, but I did think about it. And like, I'm not going to lie. I don't mind a name that's like a little bit on the nose sometimes. It's, it's, but it's like, fine. Here's the thing. Here's, think- my, here's my thing with, with naming. Uh, with naming, if you're going to do an on the nose name, the reference should be somewhat oblique. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, if you know, you know. But... Uh, Anyone else can just keep on reading and yeah. not have to think so, about it. So, like, uh, an, an example of one uh, that I, I thought was was good is uh, our, our friend, uh, J.R., um, has a, a story that he, I've been reading of his, he has, like, this, like, gross kind of, like, uh, religious torturer sort of dude whose name is Ambrose, which like, okay, like that's not going to mean anything except if you read the monk and uh, the main guy in that is an evil monk named Ambrosio. So you know that that's a reference, but it's like oblique. Mm-hmm. It's like, if you know, you know, and that's fine. Noah being the one who brings water is like, okay, I'm sorry. Did you grow up in uh, like any sort of like, if you grew up anywhere where you had even the slightest uh, knowledge of either Christianity or Judaism, you know this. Like, this is not a, mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. like, it's, it's too obvious. It's, you don't even have to know fucking etymology. You don't have to know anything. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, right, right. you just have to, like, not be completely unaware of the culture. Like, the only person who's not going to get this is... I don't even know anymore. I don't know who would not get this. It's it's such like a widespread, widely like a, a very, I don't know. a very young a very young child, <laughs> maybe yeah, like a little kid or someone who like <laughs> I don't know, like grew up in like like Sentinel Island or whatever, where they just like fucking murk you if you try to come there. Like I don't think so, anyone else in the world would just like not catch so, that reference. So so I, I'll tell you what, I'll, I'll say this. 
I think that um, uh, on the line level, I think it's better than any yes. of the other Wizwell yeah, stories yeah, that yeah, I read. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I was, I was, uh, I was other than the chunky boy thing, that. which was awful, but like the general cadence of the language, I think is is much improved from what Agreed. I have read of him. Yeah. So even I though f- I don't I feel... like the story uh, or the characters or literally anything else, <laughs> I will say uh, the actual prose of this uh, wasn't that bad. It was fine. Yeah. It, it wasn't it, great, it felt, but it was it, it felt it was like, okay. Like like he he sort of got a, got out of his own way with with a lot of those um mm-hmm. overwrought yet weirdly ineffectual <laughs> metaphors and whatnot yeah. that we've yeah. we've seen in other other, in other stories. stories. So in, I, in I, I it was was pleasantly surprised with what I view as an improvement in the quality of his prose. Um, and it was actually to the point where I'm like, oh, uh, th- this level of prose, if it had been a story with characters or scenarios that I actually was invested in, I would have, you know, it wouldn't have been something I would rave about to my friends, but it would have been something I could have read and, and felt some some interest or pleasure in. Uh, so uh, he did get out of his way with the the language, which I did appreciate, I but think- uh, the story was still I- not... F- for me... A big part of the problem is I think I'm just fucking bored with boy wizard bullshit. Like, yeah, here's it- the thing. Here's the thing with me and boy wizards. The only boy wizard who deserves right is Ged Sparrowhawk. No other wizard deserves rights. <laughs> no oh, one has I'll- done boy wizard better than a wizard of Earthsea, and I don't know that anyone will um, you, you know, for a long know- time. Maddie, Maddie, I'll go to bat for uh, is it is it uh, shit? What is it? Tim Hunter, uh, the 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 character in the Books of Magic that uh, none other than Neil Gaiman. <laughs> uh, and and to be fair, like uh, if you look at the character, you go, "That's Harry Potter." <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, except uh, he's got a skateboard instead of a broom <laughs> yeah well that's infinitely cooler actually that's much more radical yeah well i mean a skateboard is is cool and of course if it could fly that would be super cool he he he, he also gets an owl it's it's wild <laughs> anyway um yeah I, I i think i think that whole that whole aspect of it i just didn't i just didn't care about and like i I, I can see if that overall tone is is more your thing that this probably would have worked a lot a lot better. Um, that is not my my thing, and so it, it just it just this the, the, none of that I cared about. I wanted you know the magic I feel to be about weird. wizards. You know how I feel about wizards. This explains very much. My Elden Ring character has not. I have not put a single point into intelligence. It has all been faith and strength. Oh, so that's so how only, I feel about wizards. Oh, so your character's My, only vibes. Okay, I get it. Yeah, okay, entirely vibes. Uh, just like uh, all wizards should get the sword and sorcery treatment. Just like swirly those motherfuckers. Yes. Go, 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 yeah. go ahead and, and Conan. Set, set yes. Conan on them. That's why. That's why Conan, the 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 uh, primordial jock travels around beating up evil sorcerers, the primordial nerds. Fundamentally, yes. Conan the Barbarian is about a jock going around beating up nerds. That's why it's great. See, uh, that, that, uh, so, so I think there, there, are, there are, are three types of people who should be allowed to write science fiction and fantasy. Weird jocks who are like, you know, definitely jocks, but kind of weird. Goths and hippies. Nerds should not be allowed to write fantasy. <laughs> Jocks, so, goths, hippies can write fantasy, not nerds. Okay. For, for me, it's not a. It's 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 about who is allowed to be to be in the fantasy as well. <laughs> uh, yeah, goths, jocks, and hippies. Right. And okay, if there are so, nerds, so, they get bullied. 
Let, let, let's, and by let's, bullied, I mean like decapitated. Carlos, frantically. Let, let's, let's veer back towards um, the, the boy wizard narrative that we were originally yeah. talking about. Because Why? So, There's uh, nothing to talk about. It's not I, any different than like any other boy wizard story. That I think that you're absolutely correct. And I do have two points, right? Uh, first off, let's um, let me, after we've been 20 minutes at this, maybe summarize that basically it's it's it's. What if Harry Potter had become like a an arrogant asshole uh, and in control of Hogwarts and also the only hope to to sort of uh, cure a drought? Right. And so the, the main characters are supposed to, you know, like they're, they're trying to fix this drought that is endemic throughout the area. The two main things that I have. Uh, uh, against this entire story is that one, um, it depends. Well, I mean, both of them are, are interconnected. One, it depends way too much on the, the capital I internet to solve the problem. Because uh, basically, Noah. Lane, internet doesn't solve problems; it causes problems. Well, well, Noah does something that is very memey, and he says, "Well, you know, what's what's more important? You know, like I forget what's the most uh, the 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 most powerful force in the world. It's a nerd trying to prove that they're right." And so he he posts on uh, absolutely not Reddit, uh, you know, like some sort of cockamamie idea. Uh, like, like the opposite of he, what he wants to happen, uh, regarding the, the drought. And, you know, like he gets like 500 plus, uh, you know, replies, everyone trying to correct, you know, and, and expand on the, th- on the, the issue and trying to tell him how he's wrong and this is the way to solve it and blah, blah, blah. So, okay. There's that. Uh, and secondly, as if, as if, like, if you're going to present your 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 main antagonist as being in control of a lot of stuff in that world, why wouldn't they have like the actual government does, <laughs> like people watching the internet and taking down posts and shit like that? Uh, and secondly, uh, that then becomes a trend, like that translates directly into people like deciding to side with him we never get an i a a a scene however you know like sort Mm. of disheartened they may be where they're like going door to door like even in their own building knocking on doors and and like maybe a scene where where they're trying to convince one of their neighbors that they should side with them and and maybe even have it be like something where they're being rebuffed and the neighbor doesn't really is not nah that's not really my thing and blah blah you know and there there you establish like an idea that they have been sort of like doing some you know some some legwork if you will uh, granted one of them is is using a wheelchair but you know what i mean um they're, they're going door to door and they're they're trying to like actively engage people the way that someone would like convince someone to think about a political candidate or any other political issue uh, this is very much it's, it's very much in in step with rabbit test in that it's very um, it's Bad. very simplistic in its way in the way that the change the political yeah. change happens change just happens through this like symbolic action 
exactly. Yeah, and uh, that's not how it happens. Uh, and I think, um, I think that people should, and by people I mean sci-fi fantasy levels of m- m- generously middling talent, um, should try not to write political stories because they are always bad. Um, even when I agree with the the stated politics of the story, the execution, I rarely see one where I'm like, oh yeah, that was really thoughtful. Like that that made me that made me think. That made me consider a different way of doing things. That got me fired up to act. It's it's very pat and um, not good. Uh, I feel the same way about music as well. If you are writing a political song, you better have fucking good lyrics because otherwise it's usually just very cringy and uh, <laughs> dorky and hard to connect to without the human level um, unless you are just like next level, like fucking great with words and ideas. And uh, like I said, sci-fi fantasy writers of generously middling talent by and large um they're not because if if they were they would be of above middling talent yeah i mean i i think that the the yeah i I don't disagree with you maddie i i I just think again this is one of these situations where the narrative introduces details that then ask that that beg questions from me as a reader (laughs) Don't do that. Uh, and, and, Don't well, give me and, details yeah. that are going to give me make me ask questions that you're not prepared to answer. Right. Well, I mean, and, and that and actually like are a problem. I to think not have the, an answer. The issue with this is that it for the ending to to actually work to to be feel earned. Right. Is if they had been if they had faced any type of adversity other than their their disabilities which you know like granted you know like uh, uh, manny is in a wheelchair and has several issues regarding uh, failing organs i don't know exactly it it doesn't really go into detail and know as like uh, a a an asthmatic who can barely like i think <laughs> he's not asthmatic he's got uh, in in the world he's got Cherub lung? cherub lung or something which i'm like if he's got asthma just call it asthma that, that sucks was, to your yeah. cherub lung yeah and it was like because like there was a thing in the in the setting about like a war with angels the the seraphs yeah and i kept didn't... it kept pulling the, pulling up like the seraphs and stuff and saying there's like a war with seraphs and i'm like why are you giving me this bullshit give me the war with the seraphs right. god damn yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly I, I like like give me the prophecy motherfucker like this is like harry potter meets the prophecy i want to see the prophecy right about that yeah i don't give a shit about this harry potter garbage give me the war with the goddamn angels give me that sweet devil may cry shit come on <laughs> But then, or, you know, he'd have or, to write yeah, action. His, his dark and, like, materials. You know, or, shit that was cool. Yeah. I mean, uh, so so I, I think that at the end of it all, I feel like the the idea that the only adversity that they have is their sort of like their marginalized identity. Um, I don't know, man. I, at the risk of someone out there hearing this and calling me ableist, I don't feel like that's like I, I understand that that's a challenge, but that's that's that person's baseline. Uh, to to bring that 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 back around again, it sucks that that's their baseline. Don't get me wrong, but it but, is the baseline. But it is their baseline because that's yeah. what they have to work with, right? 
Uh, so, so like if, if you'd given me more scenes with like Manny and, and Noah sort of going door to door and trying to sort of lobby people and try to convince people and maybe he blacks out again and he has an asthma attack or some shit like that, you like that would have at least given me some inkling that they were trying and not just like the internet saved things. And it's like, no, that's like, like my dude. Go go go! Read up on how Occupy Wall Street. Mm-hmm. However, whatever whatever issues any one of these people or anyone listening may have with Occupy Wall Street, they were totally fucked because they used Twitter as their as their main form of communication, yeah. and and there was plenty of uh, sort of interference. Let's put it that way. Uh, from governmental and private sources, just squatting on those uh, on those fa- on those channels, just wa- watching what they were saying to each other. Yeah, the internet is not your friend. I'm sorry. No. Uh, do we have anything else to say about this story? Because I I don't. Not really. No, not it, really. It's, no. You know. it, All right, so again, we can move on fine. to the actually good stories now. So do we want to do uh, do in then? Yeah, well, I think we should save the best for last. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Tipping our hands already, folks. You heard it for you heard it first mm-hmm. here. So I, um, go ahead. I, I really liked a lot of this story. Um, I thought it was it's it's basically about um, a young girl who uh, d- dies unexpectedly and she becomes uh, a a Duyan. Um, or wait, is it a Duen or oh, a Duen? Thank you, Duen. Um, I think. And who is? Yeah, it's it's it's. Uh, so so just to clear things up, the way I heard it, it 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 sounds very much like the the beginning of Duende, which is elf in okay. Spanish. Gotcha. So anyway, yeah, it's Duen. Um. So yeah. So it's 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 a young girl who dies unexpectedly, and she comes back as as a Duen, which is basically like a a child spirit. Um. That. Uh, is that they, they they take this like particular form where they gotta have like a like like a small mouth their their feet are on backwards um they're wear like like a grass skirt um and sh- she's kind of trying to get back in touch with her family um and it it kind of goes through like you know she becomes kind of vengeful for a while she wreaks havoc on on her family um and then you know ultimately she with, with the help of like another uh doing and um like a like a I, I, I don't know what the right term uh is but like Obia, a like a magic uh, user of some kind like a yeah um i there there's a particular uh correct term that is in the story that that escapes me now um obeya obeya thank you thank you yes um and uh and so she eventually does manage to kind of sort of reconnect with with her mother um, and that's basically how the story ends. Um, and I, I really liked uh, everything for this really worked for me right up until the end. Um, and then the end felt a little bit like abrupt and didn't, I don't know. It, it felt like like it, there was something missing from the end that made it not quite land for me. Like it didn't quite stick the landing. Yeah. I would say I, I thought this was good. I don't think it was as good as laughter among the trees. I agree. Yeah. Um, but uh, I thought, you know, it, it, it was a story, which is more than can be said for some of the other ones, but it, it had like the emotional beats. There were uh, a lot, there was a lot more connection with the characters. Uh, the prose was, 
A little bit of a challenge for me, to be perfectly honest. I sometimes have a hard time when I'm reading stuff in dialect, especially because, uh, and it is written in like a Caribbean kind of dialect, which I'm like, I wish I would have listened to this. I don't know if there was audio or not, but I think I would have followed it a little bit better, especially because I, um, I have a harder time reading off of digital screens when it's anything that's even like sort of non-standard or complicated. So I think I would have... I would have preferred to have this on paper and really what I should have done is printed it out and I think I would have had an easier time with it. So it, it was a little harder for me to read than I I wish I would, uh, you know, <laughs> uh, I wish I could say it wasn't, but it was a little bit challenging in that respect. But I think that she did use, make good use of the dialect. Yeah. It was like, it really did give an effect. But I'm like, man, I wish I would have listened to this. I don't know if there's an audio version or not, but I, I wish I would have. I thought the I, I I thought that the combination of of the dialect and just kind of the way that the uh, that the the main character is kind of like realized, I thought was re- like really rung very true to like a you know I I think she's supposed to be like seven. I think when she yeah, yeah. it felt seven, very seven. much like. Uh, like a seven year the old. character yeah the characterization of the main character I was like yes this is this is believable as a young child like yeah, like, yeah uh, like, a lot of a lot yeah. of writers and even good writers often so it's not just like a this is a thing that only shitty writers do even good writers tend to have a hard time writing children that actually feel like children but uh in both this and laughter among the trees I felt like yeah, uh, Palumbo did a really good job at portraying child characters. They're like, oh yes, this feels completely believable as a child character. Yeah, like as like, someone who was a child and is <laughs> you know around children. In Kurt's case, has children. Like I feel like that is, uh, and that's that's not easy to do. Writing kids is fucking hard. Yeah, I I thought that the thing that really rung true for me in this is when she gets so mad that her her pet dog from being alive mm-hmm. uh, is paying more attention to her cousin than to her. And she, she overall kind of has like, like a hang up about like her cousin replacing her as like her, like her mom's favorite. And like, they, they give her some, some of her stuff. And now, and that now her dog is like paying more attention to her. Um, and she, and she like intentionally gets wild dogs to kill her, her pet dog. And then she feels bad about it. She feels terrible mm-hmm. about it. Like, but in that moment, she's like, she just wants to be spiteful, despite the fact that it's super obvious that it's going to feel like shit. And I thought that was, that, that was like a really well realized, like, character thing. Cause like, se- seven Oh, yeah. That's totally like, that's yeah. a, a little kid that suddenly has supernatural powers, but doesn't have, you know, the, the development of, yes. you know, the brain development to be like, oh, I should probably not do this, even though I really want to right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not 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 looking ahead, not being able to plan ahead or, or see what the consequences are. Mm-hmm. You're just sort of like mad in the moment, and you might as well you know, act on it. I also thought that like while while maintaining that like childlike voice, I I, I, I appreciated how descriptive it managed to be. Um, because like that's always a challenge with with child narrators is is that if they if they start using tons of really evocative language, it can come off strange. Because <laughs> like it's like so you're telling me that uh, you know this five year old described the movement of the water as lugubrious or something. <laughs> like, I this is struggling. Or sometimes it can it can wind up making the the prose feel very flat. 
because people will like underwrite a child. And this, this mm. again, I felt like it was very evocative and emotionally real while, while still feeling like it was a child speaking to effectively. So, so one small detail and, and uh, this isn't a knock against the story. I, I, I understand why it's not in it is that the folklore regarding the, the doing is that it is, specifically a spirit of a child who's died before baptism. Ah, interesting. Yeah. So, so they, they sort of get stuck in, you know, here. Um, and in, in that form, right. The, like a, a jumbie form, which, uh, jumbie, as I understand it is sort of like a catch all phrase for all types of mm. different, different types of monsters. Uh, especially in, in like the, uh, the West Indies, I suppose. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like not in Puerto Rico, weirdly, <laughs> but, but yeah, like a lot of the, um, English speaking, uh, West Indies use jumpy sort of like as a catch all phrase for all sorts of weird monsters and ghosts and, you know, uh, whatever. In any case, uh, I, I, I just felt that that was an interesting, um, like it, it's an interesting development or, or, uh, sort of like, uh, way to sidestep the, the idea of, you know, like religion mm -hmm. in general and religion perhaps as a, as a sort of like a, a colonizing force, uh, sort of just, it's left completely mm -hmm. out. Well, um, go ahead. Oh, the, the other thing. Well, yeah, I, I I agree with you completely there. Um, the other thing that really struck me about this story is that I, I appreciate when – so, like, a, a lot of times stories told from, like, the point of view of a ghost or a spirit will will not really invest any effort in, in making that feel, feel different. Like, they'll often just be kind of, like, human-shaped and mm -hmm. experience the world more or less like they were when they were alive. And I really appreciate the story committed to, like, you know – do and have a particular form and shape and it's a weird one and so your feet are gonna be on backwards you know and so it's weird and awkward to run like that and i i appreciated or that you know like she has like a really tiny super small mouth and so she can only she can whistle. she can only like whistle or or sometimes or, or mimic somebody's voice mimic somebody's voice yeah. but only after they've spoken right and so i i thought it, i i appreciated that that first of all it had these these clear rules that very strongly colored the experience of of the point of view character, but then also they were never really laid out or explained. Like nobody stopped mm -hmm. to say, "Oh, well, here's the rules for you being a doing." It just, it just, it just, um, it just kind of vividly depicted them in a way that. Oh, what? it's uh, almost like sense. Suzanne Palumbo was a good writer. Yes, yes, she's a very good writer. Yes, I, I was excited when I saw this on the on the oh, list. Oh yeah, I, same. Um, so, I was, same here. I expected actually that this would be the one that I would like the best, just on the strength of laughter among the trees. But uh, the 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 last one is the one that I liked the best. Yeah, the, I, I I agree, Maddie. And for me, it's it's kind of like the ending. Just I wasn't. It was laughter among the trees. Also had an abrupt ending, but in that ending, it kind of ended it, on it this felt weird, like it needed ominous, to be abrupt, dark, though. weird yeah. ending. Um, and this this like it it was touching. But it didn't quite. I don't know. It felt like it, like it should have gone on for like a few paragraphs longer in some way, or there should have been something else there. Yeah, I would. I would tend to agree. It, I, f I feel like it needed a sting, right? Uh, it, because uh, 
the the way and I keep on going back and forth on this, right? Because the way that it reads, and it, God, it 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 sounds so sort of like corny when you say it just like that. It basically it, it the ending is that her mom finally sees her. Yeah, because and, she she had like a string tied on her wrist that I, I guess was keeping her from seeing or or hearing her. And she's like pre, pre, like early on in the story, it seems like her mom can maybe almost hear her, and then she goes and and gets some kind of like protection through mm-hmm. through the string where ne- now yeah, she's yeah. like she she doesn't have to, like, to help with like to help with to help her cope. She doesn't have to listen to the spirit of uh, of her dead daughter. Um, yeah. It's 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 folk magic type stuff, right? Yeah, and, and, and it's and, it's touching though. I mean, it it, mm-hmm. it is it is touching, but like yeah, as you were saying, I, I feel like it, it. On the one hand, uh, it, it it's fine. I feel like the ending works fine. Um, but at the same time, like I kept on going back to it and going like, well, is this like a weird like? I. I uh, I don't even know if it's supposed to be like some sort of weird, uh, like queer monstrosity type of metaphor, you know, like this idea that you are monstrous because you're queer. And then the strongest thing you can have is to have your loved one see you as you are. My my takeaway from it was that it was it was about um like accepting and rejecting grief ultimately mm-hmm. because like p- part of what it is I-, I think is that you know would her- you say that it was about, <laughs> it's about love trauma? persevering <laughs> <laughs> no no and, and I, yeah I'm sorry it, it I genuinely it, I, I help may, again maybe maybe I, I'm a big dope and like and a huge sap but that that does like. I, I I think I did appreciate the way it it uh, subtly shows that that her mom can't really cope, even though we never really get any kind of like c- close experience in the narrative with uh, the mom as a character. I felt like I felt like her sadness and grief did really come through. And it did kind of work on that level as as like, well, you know, she's been pushing her away. And normally it's just something that is difficult for, you know, for you. But in this, you know, we we it's we, you know, we, we kind of imagine like, well, what what about for the loved one who is gone, who now feels like can't, can't even who is just kind of like invisible now to the mm-hmm. life that that she had led. And and I I felt like that worked. But then the the way that it was resolved just didn't didn't pack the same punch as the the experience well, yeah, of going through it as because, you were saying because, carlo it, it needed like a stinger or something yeah yeah like i i feel like just ending on like oh yeah like it, it literally ends with the mom sort of like hugging her and going like i see you now i see you or something to that effect i, I don't have it right in front of me right now but um I, if i'm not mistaken let me let me hold on i do actually have it here uh i believe the last line is almost exactly that yeah, I can see you now, Samantha, baby. She hugged me up tight, tight. There you is. Um, I, God, I, I, I hope that this doesn't become like from pod side to fireside. Uh, issue just reading that. Jesus Christ. Uh, anyway, so, um, like, like, I, I think that it, it, it's, it's a perfectly great story. It, like, but I think I agree with you, Maddie, that, 
compared to laughter among the trees, this laughter among the trees is a stronger. I also concede that part of the reason that I think laughter among the trees is better is because it is more sicko, but that I will acknowledge (laughs) is fully a matter of taste. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Well, I, I, I think I just liked it because it, it just sort of like laughter among the trees just had this overwhelming sense of sort of like dread and finality and the ending fits that. Yeah. Can I just take a moment to say that I'm really proud of us for having gotten through five out of the six stories and it's not even two hours? Because I <laughs> yes. was like, when, when we spent the first hour on two stories, I was like, oh, Jesus Christ, how fucking long is this episode going to be? But we're doing really good, guys. We are we are really doing a good job of podcasting. Gee, th- thanks, Kurt. Thanks. Uh, one, one last note, uh, and I think I'd mentioned this to you earlier, Maddie, uh, you know, before we started recording. But but this also because of the way that it sort of um, uh, sort of what Kurt was saying sort of like presents an issue and then hides exactly like from the character herself what uh, like like she's not entirely sure what she wants out of things it rem- it reminded me a lot of um, uh, that that Borges story uh, is it you said it was House of Asterion. It's, it's I, I believe so. It's House of Asterion. Yeah, where it's basically you know like a, an entire story, like a short story, a very short story, uh, written from the point of view of the Minotaur, and he's like, yeah, and then I wanted to play with these, you know, play with my new friends, and they they lay down and they didn't get up again, and you're like, oh, poor guy. Yeah, I, I it. It it does kind of have a little bit of that feeling. It's it's a weird connection, I think. Like. But it, I, I can see it. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, it's it's the, from the POV of the monster, and the monster yeah, it's from the POV not... of the monster that is uh, the monster isn't uh, necessarily malicious or really even aware of their mm-hmm. own monstrousness. But but they continue to be a monster is the thing, right? Yes, they they do monstrous things because they're not they're aware monsters. that they're them. they yeah. they are a monster and that's their baseline, if you will. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I do I really feel like, like the there, there's there's moments where like she's trying to do something different, but all she can do is lure people um, by sounding like someone else. Like the first time that she lures. Her cousin uh, Shivani, I think her name was Shivani. Yeah, um, the the, so. the first time that she like lures her away from the house, she doesn't do it on purpose. She's just trying to talk to her, but she finds that all she can do is is make the sound of I think her father, mm-hmm. um, and and then like her her actual father goes like wait like where are you going and brings her back. Um, and that time she wasn't doing it on purpose, but then later on she, she you know she does it intentionally, like with the intent to uh, like to 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 harm her. But I, I liked the kind of like uh, confusion or horror that she had at the fact that like she she was forced to follow these rules that are applied like to the spirit that she now is. Like mm-hmm. she can't she can't to your point about like the point of view of the monster. She can't not be that way. Like she has to act that way now. Yeah, and there's, exactly. there's a bit of like almost uh, not, it's not quite body horror, but it's but it, it's you know the the loss of agency, like the loss of control, has like like a nice like you know frisson to it, I, I guess. So I appreciate that yeah. story. Yeah, yeah. All right, so um, and I guess we could round it out with Dick Pig, and yes, uh, 
me chanting dick pig dick pig I, dick pig this, i will this, be this referring story, to it like as it. richard hogg uh richard hogg for, for the oh duration. My God. <laughs> <laughs> thank you thank you it's very respectful um <sighs> but yeah so so uh i like this think, one this one was good yeah. I, I like this one quite a bit. Also, I think Maddie and I came up with more or less the same idea. Um, Maddie, go ahead. You first. Say say what you thought this was. So this is uh, House of Leaves meets Enigma of Amagara Fault, but like really gay, <laughs> and not like not like gay as in like holding hands. Like interesting, and like looking longingly at you know two men holding hands and looking longingly at one another. Uh, Gay is in exchanging filthy texts on Grinder. (laughs) Yes, Um, yes, yeah. So, so my my note here that I that I wrote out was this goatsy hole was made for me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I I, and like I have to say the the Grinder exchanges won't win, but it should. Yeah. Yeah. Well, also the grinder exchanges are very funny and well done. And like you also like <laughs> you you get why it's also hot to the character. Like it mm-hmm. it comes it like his his simultaneous attraction and revulsion and fear about it, I think like rings very true for certain aspects of like sexuality at times that Oh yeah, absolutely. Like, or, or like of like like eroticism where it's like simultaneously off putting and also somewhat irresistible. Um, well, and yes. the fact that it's off putting is also what makes it irresistible. Right, exactly. So 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 let me let, can can I read a little bit about that because it's it's really I I think your to your point, Kurt, it is very funny, but not not in a like I'm supposed to be cackling like yeah you know and, and doing a gift of of, of this you know. It, it, uh, it, it it's is a little weird. bit cackle worthy when when he's like he's kind of like coyly flirting with mm-hmm. the guy and he's like I will destroy you. <laughs> it is funny. I, was I, was like, like, I thought I was that like, was hilarious. Where did the death metal lyrics come out of? Damn. <laughs> yeah, so so uh, here's here's the the first message he gets on Grinder is Hey Dick Pig, he's called me by my profile name. How personal. How touching. As soon as I've read the greeting, a picture appears in the chat. It's a grainy, colorless photo of a naked man seated on a stool. His head is cropped out of the frame, but the rest of his mountainous body is visible. From the hairy shoulders down to his muscled legs spread open, his cock hangs over the edge of the stool, halfway hard, lolling to one side with his own weight. So kudos to Ian for describing specifically... Tom of Finland type models without saying (laughs) he's the Tom of Finland guy. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? Uh, Wiswell would have said Tom of Finland if he knows who Tom of Finland uh, is. I'm not convinced that he does. But uh, I'll I'll say this. Uh, I'm, I'm referencing one of the novelettes, which is written by John Chu, who actually does call one of his characters for the oh, longest time. I did read time. some of that, and it, no, yeah, it does call it Tom of Finland guy, and it's not cool. It's it's much cooler to evoke the Tom of Finland yeah. yes. uh, in pure prose I, rather than just like, oh, I'm going to reference this so people can point at it. Yeah, I, I love how he's like, he's basically like sexting with Pyramid Head if Pyramid Head was, was like a bear, basically. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so 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 I you you're you're saying you you said the the I will destroy I mean, you. Relatable, I just, like come on. I also I also love the 
I am always awake. <laughs> so good. It's so great. It's just like so self-serious and hilarious. It's like you crave destruction. <laughs> it's, it's so like, good. Suddenly, suddenly he's he's texting with what like Conan? What the, the it's, what the fuck? It's great. Yeah, it's great. Um, yeah, so so uh, he he's he's sexting with Hung Daddy, who is the top of Finland guy, and uh, yeah, so so like basically he's fifteen miles away, and he's he like he's I I love the setup here because it's it's exactly what you want, right? He's out in the middle of bumfuck mm-hmm. uh, Massachusetts, I'm imagining. Um, it's like somewhere very his, cold. Yes, his his aunt's. Uh, his deceased aunt's house uh, and his deceased aunt was like very uh, sort of like almost Grey Gardens. Uh, is, is that the, the name of the thing? Right. Is it Grey Gardens? Yes, it is. It is. Yes. OK. OK. Sorry. I was just making sure I was muted. I was like, oh, no, I'm leaving Carlo hanging. <laughs> I need to unmute. <laughs> you got to support me, man. Um but yeah, so so like his aunt was like out there, uh, his whole family's uh, like like his whole family feels like it's out of succession or some shit like that, like just backbiting rich assholes. And he's out there. I'm not into, like like basically he's out there doing like a he's he's gotten into the house because he knows where the secret key one of the secret keys are so he doesn't have to really contact the the estate um lawyer or anything of the sort um and he's there because his aunt he feels like his aunt left him a clue quote unquote about like some sort of treasure that she's left in the house and he wants to get his hands on it before any one of his fucking siblings <laughs> or family can get it, get their grimy mitts on it. Uh, and so he doesn't know how he's he's completely out of his element. He doesn't know how to work a wood stove, and it's the only thing that can keep him warm. He's like freezing yeah and he's like all the while like the one thing that's heating him up is none other than hung daddy (laughs) like with (laughs) with his grainy flip phone ass photograph on his grinder photo uh it's a great it's a great setup i i I loved the weird like i I think it really captures very well the the visual aesthetic not just of of hung daddy which i agree is is very well captured but also kind of like that that like creepy found footage uh yeah photograph where it's like it's all fucked up wood and like shadows and it's low it's low res and grainy and like it's it's just it has a very nice like horror visual aesthetic which which i'm I'm usually very this i'm imagining is uh megan is missing but not shit yes exactly (laughs) well or 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 i mean let's let's be clear Skinnamarink really, really loves this aesthetic. Mm-hmm. The grainy oh. footage where you could is He's that is that something house. I'm seeing or is it just like <laughs> fucked up? <laughs> what? what? He's in the Skinnamarink house. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he sort of is, isn't he? <laughs> yeah. Ooh, I mean, soon this enough, came he'll out before Skinnamarink did, I think. But um, well, he he didn't see the phone. I, I, 
I have to I have to admit I still haven't watched Skin and Rink. The only thing I haven't I've either, watched but is the, that the memes that video about Skin and Rink are Biden so pure. The Skin and Rink house is <laughs> yeah. the only one I can think of. God, I it, Kurt, I laughed so hard. You got to help me, man. I'm in the Skin and Rink house. <laughs> you got to tell Obama I'm in the Skin and Rink house. I, I can't read. Yeah, it, that was that's it's hilarious. I I really enjoyed that. Um, but but so if I th- this 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 story was not as funny as that, but it was pretty funny. And I have to say, uh, humor in sci-fi and fantasy and horror stuff usually it, it, it often doesn't work, and it worked quite well. In, in well, this, I feel so. like the reason it works in this is it's very grounded in the character's experience. It's not like slapsticky or anything like that, and right. it's not like quippy. It's just like. These read very much like the the normal thoughts of a person in this very kind of absurd circumstance. Well, and he, uh, it's, and, it's kind of understated in that and, sense, which was what makes it funny because if they yeah. tried to overstate it, it wouldn't and, be funny. And, and, and the main character is very catty. Yes. Yeah, yeah. he rocks. Uh, I, I I want him like I, I I'm like I want to be friends with this guy. He fucking rules. Mm-hmm. And uh, you'll, you'll have to meet him in the void, Maddie. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> I guess so. The, yeah. And that's the other thing that works is that like it remains like it's funny, but you also do get it. Right. It's like, yeah, like, it you know, rem- it's funny, but like, yeah, I get it. Yeah. Like it, it because I think it, it would have been easy to make it to, like because the ending actually like the way that we're talking about it sounds like. It's like a goof off story, but it's really not. Like it actually, no, like, it's very dark. It's very also dark and serious really direction. Funny. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like it, it, it commits to both completely. It commits to being a horror story about you know, sexy pyramid the call head. Of the void. Yeah, exactly. And, yeah, and then the, the, the void is uh, personified in the yeah Home the Daddy. form of Tom of Finland meets pyramid head. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, and like it, it doesn't, it doesn't skimp on being funny and weird it's also like erotic and also like horrifying it's just it's just it's a really good mix of everything i think i'm really shocked that something actually this like racy made it yeah yeah this is raw even (laughs) on the reading list to be perfectly honest yeah uh, to say nothing of the nomination but um uh, I guess you just sometimes you just can't ignore excellence because the story fucking rocks. Yeah, I, I was not yeah, expecting I, like like a description of like coming in your pants in a in a nebula no, nominated story. I'm but like, thank you God, know what? I'm uh, glad that they did. Horror stay winning. You would never get that in a fantasy story in one of the magazines these days. Can you imagine what would have happened if like Uncanny or something had gotten this story? <laughs> well, I mean, I hope they did. I, mean, I think I think the, I, I the, also hope they did. I have to uh, imagine I, he probably would put Nightmare uh, a little bit higher in his his ranks of where to submit than Uncanny, just given the content of the story. But I choose right. to imagine that uh, every that that it made the rounds of the, the the fantasy magazines first, and they were like, "What the fuck is this?" Well, I, I feel like uh, you know, like to your to your point, uh, not God to derail, <laughs> yeah, not to derail too much, but to your point, I feel like a lot of the, especially the online and very shareable, um, sort of like uh, magazines like Uncanny, uh, already have like a built in. It's it's an invisible uh, sort of like uh, I age range. Or or rating, if you will, right uh, of PG thirteen. Mm-hmm. In general, everyone is currently really writing towards a PG thirteen rating mm-hmm. in a movie, uh, and I feel like this. Uh, 
uh, a, I mean, it, it's not only because this is sort of like a a hard. Well, oh wow, that sounds bad. A hard, <laughs> a hard R rating, um, <laughs> uh, or maybe even a, a slightly Wait, slightly edging I'm sorry, into I, NC seventeen. I suddenly cannot hear. Oh no! There we go. Okay, can hear you can hear us. Okay. Yeah. Um, we were yeah, just so, making fun so, of Carlos saying hard. Okay. Hard R. <laughs> a hard R rating sounds really bad suddenly. <laughs> I don't know uh, why. Anyway, I'm, so so what I'm saying is that I feel like apart from it being sort of like a, a, a racy story, uh, it it also works on like it's it's firing on I, I on all cylinders, if you will. Right. It, it's trying to be funny. It's trying to be. You know, sort of like off-putting, but also horrific. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would have never guessed if you just tell me told me the title. It's like, yeah, the story is called Dick Pig. There is a zero percent chance that I would have thought that this is going to be like one of the best short stories and I read in a while on one of the it magazines. Feels, it, it, feels like it, it feels like a troll. It feels like a troll. It does feel like a troll, and I love that. I love to be disrespected yeah, like this. Know, that's that's a bold call. Like so, okay. Whenever, like you know. I, I sub, I've submitted a lot of stories to a lot of magazines. None of them have gotten picked up yet. Someday, eventually, it'll happen. But every time I do it, I'm always like, what will someone think looking at this title at the beginning of the story that's going to carry into the rest of the story? And I have to say, it is a real gutsy move that I respect to be like, you know what? I'm just going to make it a really off-putting title and not even like off-putting in like a cool – like hip way <laughs> just like dick pig just like boom there you go yeah this is not drive your plow over the bones of the Exa- dead exactly, or anything like exactly. that this it's is not a this cool dick pig. yes exactly no <laughs> like even 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 pronouncing it it sounds sort of ugly right it doesn't really <laughs> it's so good doesn't doesn't have any like poetic yeah. qualities to it it's like dick pig <laughs> but let me ask you so <laughs> i will destroy you dick pig <laughs> 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 so let me ask let me ask a question though cuz cuz there was one thing that I I was a little bit on the fence about. What did you two think of the the bit at the very end with the realtor? Um I so, couldn't take so, it or leave it. I kind of liked it, but like honestly, I'm like once we are, are, are have gone away from our main character, Dick Pig, uh, I, Dick Richard Pig, Hogg. I yeah, Richard Hogg. Uh, that would be a great screen name to reference Richard, something that Richard ninety percent of the people who Esquire. see it will have you know, 99 percent of the people who see will have no idea why the fuck you're calling yourself Richard Hogg. <laughs> so so. Um, Kurt, uh, you might remember, uh, the, the screaming skull. Yes. And the screaming skull has that same, uh, Oh, you're right. It of, does. That same type of convention. <laughs> the, the screaming where at the penis, end, I guess. That's what <laughs> the asshole of annihilation. <laughs> it will destroy you. <laughs> You will climb into my my asshole of annihilation. Dick I love, pig, I love and that be Maddie consumed. is just like witch cackling now. <laughs> it's great. No, it's that, great. Is, that is actually legitimately like that is not something I'm putting on. That is actually just how I laugh. It's really good. <laughs> Um, but yeah, like I, I feel like it, it, it follows that old, like it's, I feel like it's a, an almost old timey convention where you, you get like something, mm-hmm. a, a different character that suddenly sort of like, uh, like 
makes it clear that you know like like this really this happened. guy gone Dick, this he did Dick, Dick yeah. Pig Dick Pig isn't in there anymore in yeah. the house yeah it, I I agree with you but I also felt like it could have been trimmed and wouldn't really mm-hmm. have lost anything or or I I, yeah, I, the way a I felt about more. it was I felt like I didn't need it, but I also felt like I didn't not need it. Yeah, 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 yeah. If that exactly. Makes sense. Exactly. Like I'm mm-hmm. not. I'm not taking. I'm not like taking any points off mentally. Like I thought it was well done, and like, I, but I, I was looking for some. If there was some deeper meaning in that section that I was missing, and I, I don't think that there is. Um, it's 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 evocative and like a little bit ominous and and haunting, but yeah. like it it didn't. The- it felt like it felt like it could have done more to like resonate with the rest of the story in some way. That's yeah, literally I feel like the, the only complaint I had. The impression that I got from the ending was that it exists mostly so uh, the, uh, our Mr. Hogg, his, um, his fate is not kind of ambiguous because if they had left it off without that kind of coda, it's like you don't really know what's going to happen necessarily. It's just like, it would be, I feel like it would have been pretty abrupt. Yeah. So I feel like it kind of did need a coda, whether it needed to be specifically that. Uh, no, there's nothing strictly necessary in art. There's probably a lot of ways you could have resolved mm-hmm. it, but uh, uh, I, I don't think that this is the type of story we're leaving it hanging at the end. Uh, God, even even leaving it hanging sounds funny in the context of this story. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm just yeah, like, yeah. like <laughs> just- <laughs> the angle of the dangle is inversely proportional to the heat of the beat. Um, but yeah, like uh, seriously, I, I I I I did well, maybe not so seriously, but I did want to uh, cheekily say that. Um, yeah, like uh, the the main character kept his promise that he would be gone by the time the realtor rolled by the next day. <laughs> he was uh, actually gone. <laughs> true. God. Yeah, uh, I love this story. Uh, I I have not read a story in the magazine that I like, and in any of the magazines that I liked better than this since Laughter Among the Trees, and I might actually like this one slightly more. <laughs> <laughs> but again, uh, you know, with the usual uh, caveat that is a personal taste thing, I probably like this one slightly more because it's slightly more fucked up. Uh, Maddie, uh, if I can recommend, uh, Ian had, uh, I, I think, a similar, like a, a story that has similar themes to this, of like sort of like self-annihilation, simply a bit more, I feel like it... it, it I haven't read it in a while, but it's called Salt Lines. It's in Strange Horizons. Um, and I I felt like it was slightly more melancholy, uh, whereas this has a little bit more liveliness to it. This uh, is uh, this is peak black humor to me. Mm-hmm. I agree. Uh, I, I fucking loved this story. Uh, I, I want all the best for it. He has a few other stories out there that I... Um... That all sound interesting to me. I I, I I think I need to go and read uh, uh, a bunch of his other stuff because um, it looks good. Yeah, go looks, for it. Looks interesting when I'm I'm scrolling through on his website. So I I also would like to compliment this and that it is I think on a prose level is really well written. Like I know Carlo, you kind of said you you weren't so sure how it was going to go with that opening because the opening line is <laughs> it's ass o'clock in the morning and it's blackout, black black, the kind of black you only get in these mi- miserable middle of nowhere places. 
uh, no, middle of nowhere is too generous. This is past that, right at the line where nowhere becomes miles of uncharted forest, thick with months of snow and screaming with wolves and whatever other ungodly feral things make noise when everything decent in the world is asleep. So it's very chatty and like mm-hmm. kind of conversational, but in a way that actually works, uh, probably because it's, it's chatty and conversational, but it's not fucking quippy. Yes. Yes. I think the, the, the initial, that first line, the ass o'clock in the morning, I was like, oh boy. See, I actually liked that, but I will, I will say why I liked that. And that is because Mm -hmm. that is a phrase that I have used myself. A lot of people use it. I'm like, oh yeah, this, this is like, this is a type of mood. I know exactly Mm -hmm. the type of mood this guy is in when he says ass o'clock in the morning. So, so uh, to, to that, I think, yes, I I have heard that. um, It felt realistic as opposed to like, cloying or mugging or, or quipping right right well i mean i think that the 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 it was immediately sort of like it won me over with the follow you know the the rest of that paragraph because it, it actually sort of commits to the bit instead of just having like that weird like that weird quippiness that seems in congress yeah, with the rest of a paragraph right, or something there's a problem i i have with a lot of writing um not just in science fiction and fantasy a lot like this is like a a widespread problem where a lot of fiction will try way too hard to have the hooky first line. And the first line is really hooky, but the immediately next one it doesn't commit to what was set up in the first one. It's just like, mm, you got to try harder than that. But it's instead of being just like, a, I'm going to hook you with this and then give you some mundane bullshit for the rest of the time. It's like, no, this is this is setting the tone for the entire story. And uh, mm-hmm. we're going to go along for this 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 weird little ride. Yeah. Yeah. Can I uh, can I reveal something slightly compromising, which is that I'm I'm such a dope with like like I I don't know what you want to call it like fantasy story brain perhaps you might you might call it that when I when I started reading this and there were wolves I immediately assumed he was hiding out from a werewolf. <laughs> Or oh, I, that's pretty bad, Kurt. It didn't even occur to me that you could just have wolves in a regular story that wasn't about a, like <laughs> it wasn't about something supernatural. <laughs> Excuse me, uh, why are these wolves in here? This is unnecessary, sir. That's- there's wolves and there's no werewolf. Excuse me. I've, I've just read. I've. I, I swear. I've. I've read so many fantasy stories where like wolves showing up is related to something supernatural. Like it's so rare. I feel like you get just, just a regular ass wolf in a story. It's always going to be some (laughs) kind of magic wolf or shapeshifter. It's like a werewolf or a dire (laughs) wolf or something really ridiculous. It's never just a wolf. And so like, I I was pleasantly surprised that this was just a wolf. (laughs) It's just wolves in the distance. Totally normal. Yeah, he well, just I lives. Mean, like, he did, this house is just in the middle of bumfuck nowhere. Yeah. And there's wolves. Okay, cool. It's it's it's, it's the uh, it's like the whenever you see someone cough in a movie, you're like, fuck, they got cancer. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It, exactly. It's 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 nice to see somebody just cough for once. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, and there's no Dracula talking about the children of the night. Yeah. yeah. Uh. <laughs> um. Anyway, yeah, I, I I really enjoyed this. I, I I feel like I enjoyed this the most out of the 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 short stories uh, on the Nebula ballot. I I wish it would win, Maddie. Uh, I know that you and I probably agree here that Dick Pig will not win. It will. Uh, yeah. Are we doing our what should win and what will win predictions now? Oh boy. Yes. Okay. So again, what should win? Dick pig, no contest. It won't win. It it will absolutely not win. If it wins, I am buying a lottery ticket that day. Um, 
what I think will win, I I think in a in a world that is okay, it's gonna go to give me English because that's like a pretty clever. It's pretty well written. It has some flaws, but uh, I can see. I would. I find that a respectable choice. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so that's what will win. A good timeline. What will win <laughs> bad timeline is rabbit test. Kurt. Um. So I agree. Best timeline is Dick Pig. Absolutely. Yeah, that's like the that's a, that timeline, timeline might be better than the one we deserve, honestly. Yeah, yeah. Unattainable timeline. Perfect perfect timeline. This is this is uh uh Bruce Wayne's parents don't get killed. You know, Bruce Wayne is just happy and normal timeline. Um, yeah, you know the the picture, the meme picture where it's like the really really great like futuristic city with all the green space and everything that people use is like the world if this doesn't happen, that's yes. the world where Dick Pig wins. Yes, yes. Um I think okay. I'm I'm gonna say, uh, uh, t- timeline. Hmm. Will win. I'm gonna say good timeline. Actually, will win. I think that uh, I'm gonna say doing. Um, has is is like the the good timeline will win. Um, and I'm gonna I'm gonna agree with you, Maddie. Uh, about will win bad timeline is a rabbit test yeah see i i'm uh, kind of torn i think give me english is maybe a little more accessible to the average oh, reader i agree than i'm just is. being optimistic so i 100 percent okay. agree i'm just being optimistic um i uh, i agree with you in terms of realism yes all right so i am going to sadly i will be reinforcing a binary it's just good and bad for me <laughs> dick pig should win what will win because we know that the what what's the what's the uh the thing the funniest thing will would be for uh rabbit test to win so that is the one that will win. oh yeah yeah no but yeah. that's not funny the funniest well, no, thing no. is DIY wins <laughs> the worst well, thing mean, is rabbit you, test you know, wins you know what I I I I entertained a thought in my brain I think the funniest Briefly. thing would be that Dick would be Dick Pig winning actually that would be also the funniest but yeah I I, I sadly I think that rabbit test will win uh, like I entertained a thought in my in my mind for a second. I mean, second all science points we are in a bad timeline. So, that, well, I I also entertained the thought that uh, it would be a co-winner situation where DIY and rabbit test win. Uh, oh, even tie, I can't think of something they, that bleak, dude. <laughs> <laughs> but I can. Um, so yeah, I, I, I honestly, that is the funniest outcome. If DIY and rabbit test both win, like they, they tie. Can they do um, that? Can the nebulas tie or do they have like a tiebreaker type of deal? Uh, it's a very rare that they tie. I think it's tied before. Okay. Uh, but generally I, th- I, it would be almost impossible with the current uh, wait, no, that that's the Hugo system. I actually don't know how the nebula tallies votes. Um, in the Hugo, it's, 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 it's all, it's all but impossible in the Hugos. Um, it's 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 also ranked voting in in the nebulas as well. So okay, uh, so, we're, we're, it, w- so it would be re- it would have to be really contested in those first couple of rounds um, for 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 two things to come ahead. It will, uh, 
basically everything would need to be even up until yeah, that much. point because because what what happens is when uh, like like everybody would need to vote weirdly similarly for it to happen like th- throughout the entire ballot not just between mm-hmm. those two because with with ranked choice when when you eliminate the lowest one you typically redistribute the votes mm-hmm. uh between between the remaining the ones, remaining ones I, I yeah. Believe, oh, yeah so you would actually oh, oh, need, like, they, they believe in reduce yeah. distribution there huh mm, uh, very yeah. funny it would be very mm. unlikely suffice to say yes um yeah yeah I, I i think it's very rare very very rare um, yeah yeah that would but, be that would be funny bad timeline funny good <laughs> timeline is is dick big. I, 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 I will say I that just want to hear whoever announces the awards <laughs> announce the award goes to a story called and Dick Pig. Next like, up by Ian Muneshwar, Dick Pig. <laughs> Could you imagine? It's actually like getting to the point where it's really fun to say. It is like, fun Dick to say. Pig, it's, like, fun now to it's say. fun to say. After, now, now, you're right. Like it seems very off putting at first, but the more you say it, the more appealing it becomes. Oh, there's a crack in my wall now. Look at that. <laughs> <laughs> Fancy that, <laughs> Kurt. Don't, don't you know? Like, stay with us a little bit longer before you decide to explore that crack. Um, at least a, a long enough so I can, uh, you know, sign us all off. Uh, so, so, Maddie, Kurt, thank you very much for for agreeing to read these stories with me uh, and making your predictions uh, as well as your analyses. Um, any last thoughts, Maddie, Kurt? Dick pig supremacy. That's yeah, all I, I gotta agree. say. I agree. Good, good story. Good story. Good way to close out the episode. Um, I, I, I just just overall again. I think I think that the quality of writing was overall better, and I was I was I was pleased with that. Like there weren't any stories this year where I was like, this is just like bat so badly written. I can't believe that this is on the ballot. It's it's more just like things working or not working or being you know boring to me or mm-hmm. or just not not landing at all or you know what like the that was the reason that I disliked the ones that I disliked much more so than me just being like, Oh, this is, this is bad. Um, yeah. So. Yeah. All right. So, uh, and, and, and to everyone out there, just remember, I will destroy the ballot. <laughs> I will annihilate it. <laughs> and also thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time here on Podside.